And a uh, lovely Tuesday morning to you, Baltimore. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Griffin. Still trying to figure it all out. Still trying to make sense of it. But hey, at least the word. <laughs> can't even. Can't even get through the sentence. God, that was embarrassing. I can't pretend like I watched any of it though. I was watching the football last night. If they were actually still in it, like if they were a game out, I would have been watching the Orioles last night. But no, 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 no. Such is life. It's the way it goes. You win some, you lose some. I, I will I will warn one thing. By the way, today's show is uh, brought to you by our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Best place to watch and bet on every sporting event. They're giving you some free bet action right now. Uh, we're going to do uh, Simply the Bets a little bit later on today, and Leon Twyman will explain to you what it is that you need to do in order to get your free bet play. <sighs> Love being the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. No better place to be for college football Saturday and NFL Sunday. The bet pads are available. If you want to make sure that you have a spot reserved, email events at sportssocialmd.com. Uh, we're going to hug it out this morning. My old buddy Kevin Van Valkenburg returns to the program. We will talk to him about the uh, Ravens debacle. Um, Jonas Schaefer will join us in a few minutes from the Baltimore Sun as well. And, and we'll get Joe Sirico as We'll we, preview uh, Waiver Wire Wednesday. Should Tua. we be picking up Jimmy Garoppolo? What about Tua, Tua probably. You think two is what league are you in that two is available? One of one of my leagues, he is available. That's, I guess yeah. That's insanity. So I'm gonna put uh I mean I guess I'll ask Joe how much fab I should put on I him. I mean, yeah, you can do that, but it's nuts that there is a league where Tua was available. I mean, I, did, did nobody draft a quarterback? No, I think everyone probably drafted two. There okay. There's uh, if but are you in a five no person way. league? I mean no, like no, dude. It's, it's a ten person league. Tua was available. There's nobody. no way. <laughs> there, there were twenty quarterbacks drafted and one of them was not Tua. Now I get it. A lot of people don't draft two quarterbacks. And I so took Maybe. I, was, I, mean, my I don't know any league where Tua Tungavailoa is My quarterback is situation is dire because I, I had Trey Lance and Derek Carr. That's I understand. What I'm saying is you have a very <laughs> unique circumstance. It's not a broad. Yeah. There is not broad availability of Tua Tungavailoa. But in your unique circumstance, by all means. I want to see how... Uh, Brashad Perryman would be one that maybe we talk about this week because Mike Evans, I guess, is going to be out for this game. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. We'll talk about all that with Joe Serpico as well this morning. Um... I want to say this, and I don't want to be mean about it. I I think that a lot of people are making peace with the demise of the Orioles by saying, hey, it's about next year. It, this is a bummer, but it's about next year, right? Or there's next year. Next year is what this is what we're looking forward to. Next year, next year, next year. And it's always my quick warning that you never know if that's actually true or not. I, I think there's every reason to be excited about the direction of the Baltimore Orioles. I think there's also a lot of reason to say, okay, but right now you tell me what the roster is that's contending in the AL East next year. R write it down. Jot it down for me. Because there's a reason why we've been complaining about the offense so much. It's one thing to say, hey, well, Adley's going to be here at the start of next year, and Gunner's going to be here, and... Trey Mancini comes back? Sure. 
you got to tell me what that looks like. And I'm not saying that to try to be a negative uh, Nancy. I'm saying that because I think you need to be practical about the distance that still exists. And this is the tough part. The tough part now, as reality sets in, is were they actually as good as the record indicated they were? And I'm coming around to the idea that no, no, we did get a bit carried away. And I hope that Cedric Mullins next year is a little bit better than he was this year. I get it. Probably not 30-30. He's probably not going to be 2021 good, but a bit better than he was this year. And I hope that Anthony Santander, if he's still around, is at least what he was this year. And I, I, some other guys have to play from this group. I hope Ryan Mountcastle finds a more consistent approach at the point. Like, I hope those things play out so that instead of us feeling good about two or three parts of the lineup, we feel good about five or six. And then I hope the Orioles also add in at least one outside bat. And then I hope that there's one more maybe prospect that's ready early next season, a Jordan Westberg, perhaps, who's ready to not only come up and play a position at a high level, but also swing a bat at a high level. I don't know what to say about Jorge Mateo. I really don't. I, I loved watching Jorge Mateo play baseball this year, but I can't plan around Jorge Mateo. I think we all have to acknowledge that 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 sort of blip where we were getting super excited about Jorge Mateo and saying, do you block you know, Gunnar Henderson from being the shortstop next year because it's got to be Jorge Mateo? I think we have to revisit that conversation this offseason. I think we got to think about whether or not Jorge Mateo is a guy that you can put in your lineup every night. And that's tough because you like him running the bases and you like him, you know, playing defense. But do you have enough otherwise for Jorge Mateo to be an everyday player? It's the only... I, I hate trying making it seem like I'm raining on someone's parade. There is reason for optimism about the Orioles, but specifically the lineup is concerning. Because there's two parts of the lineup I feel really good about, and then the rest, I hope, I hope. Maybe Santander deserves a bit more than that. He had a really good season for the most part. Maybe I, maybe he deserves me to say something a little bit better than just I hope. And I I, I don't like this because these are guys that I like. Like I really like Cedric Mullins, so I don't want to put him in that category. But I think the reality is that we have to. I have no idea if Austin Hayes fits in the picture for the Baltimore Orioles moving forward. And that's a huge bummer because I like Austin Hayes too, but I don't know that they can even think about Austin Hayes moving forward. They have to figure out what a competitive day-in, day-out, night-in, night-out lineup might look like in 2022, 2023. Sorry. And it's going to require outside pieces. To compete for something of significance. To try to replicate what they did this year, you know, might just involve, again, one or two of their own pieces getting there. And I get it. You're hoping still that Colton Kowser is going to be a part of this uh, sooner than later. Reasonable timeline for Colton Kowser probably isn't opening day of next year, but, you know, might be in the summer next year. 
I don't know where you see Heston Kerstad's timeline being. It's very difficult to figure out that whole picture. Jordan Westberg. Uh, well, Westberg, yeah, I brought yeah. up. Westberg, I think there's some... I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that Westberg is somebody that you're considering for opening day. I don't think it's unreasonable. I don't think that means it's going to happen. I think we could see him like the final series of this year. Man, I, I think you could, but why? I don't know. Just for funsies? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess. Like, I... Sure. I don't know. I feel I like know. guys make September 30th debuts all the time. Like, who? Um, I'm trying to think. I, there's somebody that I'm, I, I mean, there's once that upon I know. a time it was far more common because it was you would have the the ex, the full roster expansion. Oh, true. And yeah, then true, when if it is particularly if a if a minor league team made the playoffs and they got through playing in the playoffs and you just had one week in a baseball, you're like, yeah, hey, you come up here and get a get a taste of it. But today. I'm trying to think of who else. Aberdeen made the playoffs, right? Yes. Or I they, think they I think they're like in they're the advanced middle. in the playoffs, right? Yeah, I think they have two games. But, but Bowie mean. fell short. Yes, Bowie f- lost on Sunday. They right. Were, they needed to win in order to get in. in. So essentially anybody who's on the Bowie roster, you'd have to say like now. Yeah. Well Otherwise, I think Connor Norby got promoted to Norfolk. Right. So and how much long more does Norfolk have though? Uh I think they have like a week and a half left. Really? Yeah, I think I, so. I saw somewhere it was like eight or nine games left. Well, that's basically. I mean, that means that they're. I didn't realize that that they ran that. This is the problem with the AAA team not being here. Is that I am not in tune. Like I just can't lie. I'm not in tune with what's going on at AAA because they ain't here. Um, so we don't go to games and we're not thinking about it the same way. <sighs> anyway, the moral of the story being, they got to figure that out. I, I, of course, of course, I'm optimistic. This is disappointing, but I'm optimistic. There's reason to believe. But wiping away the disappointment of this by trying to say, hey, but it's about next year, sounds really good. It makes you feel better. It, it helps you sleep at night. Hey, this is a bummer, but reminder, it really wasn't about this year. Okay, I hear you. But in professional sports, you just never know how these things work out. It's never... This goes back to the strategy that we talked about. It's okay to say, hey, you're trying to build, build a World Series winner. What's not okay is to assume that that's going to happen. The disappointment of this is real to me. It's unfair, and I, I'm not moving my, my goalposts. I said it was a successful season to me if the Orioles played a meaningful game on Labor Day, which is about when it all fell apart. But they got there. They were playing meaningful baseball on Labor Day, so... I have to give that a thumbs up and say this was a successful season. But I can still be disappointed in how things turned out and particularly disappointed because I just don't know. I don't I don't see the lineup yet that makes me feel like this team is ready to compete next year. That's the part. The disappointment is Austin Hayes looked like he was going to be a legitimate bait. We were talking about extending Austin Hayes at one point. Now we're talking about him like he's a guy that's not even part of the equation. The, the, we wanted to see someone else of this group solidify themselves. Desperately wanted to see it. We desperately wanted to see there be someone... From Go back to before we thought the Orioles were going to be competitive. The story for me about the season was who is in column B that could move themselves into column A? I, I guess you would say, you know, Dean Kramer is the answer to that. 
But I'm talking about from a position player standpoint, who was in column B, we don't know, coming into this season, that moved themselves into column A? Maybe an argument for Santander? No. I mean, Santander was a known commodity. All right. I mean, like, Santander like- <laughs> was about what we expect Santander to be, which is fine. He can, he can be a part of the equation, but at the same time, he's not a centerpiece for what it is that you're doing. He's a solid bat to have. He's a... He's I, uh, Trey Mancini, but he can play in the outfield. You know, like he's. I like Santander, but yeah, I mean, he was the most consistent guy all year. No, I, so. I think he's. Uh, I, I guess Batista ends up being team MVP. I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I like Santander. I do. I really. I mean, I, I do think it's important for me to say that I like Anthony Santander. But he didn't move himself. He didn't all of a sudden rewrite himself and make himself. He's basically what we thought he was coming into this year. He just happened to have a solid season. No one that the jury was still out on changed the way that we view them. In moments, they did. Austin Hayes did for a couple of months. Jorge Mateo did for about six weeks. These guys briefly changed the way that we look at them but didn't change their reality as far as this is concerned. And that's disappointing. That's a bummer. It, I, again, I get it. It's still a successful season, and it's still there is reason for hope and optimism. But, boy, it would have been really nice to at least have one other position player that you come out of this season saying, that guy is part of the equation. One! They don't have that. You feel slightly worse about Cedric Mullins, although that's unfair because the standard was too high, but you feel slightly worse about Cedric Mullins, about the same about Anthony Santander, and otherwise you sort of shrug your shoulders and say, ah, it's the guys we thought we had and nothing really else. And that's the disappointment. I hope the Orioles have enough either internally or whatever they do externally in order to fix that going into next season. I hope that's the case, but I'm going to be concerned. There's a reason why it fell apart. It wasn't bad luck. It wasn't a string of unfortunate circumstances. It wasn't injury. They fell apart because they ultimately didn't have it from a lineup perspective. And that doesn't get magically fixed by opening day of next year. Unless, of course, they're willing to spend the money or make the trades to fix it. That has to be fixed externally for the most part. The two guys that we thought were rock stars, we definitely still feel like are rock stars. That's the good news. It would have been worse if Adley Rutschman came up and, you know, wasn't the guy we thought he was going to be. Played like Bobby Witt and... Well, Bobby Witt actually yeah, at the end of the year. Yeah, it, it had a rough start, but Adler Regiment had a rough start. Uh, but ultimately, Bobby Witt looks like a legit dude, too. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to wrap this up. I, I, It's a bummer. I'm bummed. And it's more of a bummer because I, as much as we can keep talking about next year, I can't shake the fact that it should be better than this. Given how things were going... It shouldn't have fallen apart like this. We should be feeling better about someone else. Someone, as far as position players are concerned. 
All right. Hey, if you missed Stan the Fan, Charles Ross Grimsley catching up with Jerry Coleman yesterday on Facebook Live. You can find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, or pressboxonline.com slash video. We will dive back into Ravens conversation. Plenty more of that. Jonas Schaefer from the Baltimore Sun will join us next. It's Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone from novices to grill masters to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. Constructed out of thick ceramic, the Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at Ginsu. GinsuGrills.com. That's GinsuGrills.com. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try the fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or the scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for the daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. That's glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sport. The Maryland Lottery presents Ravens' Greatest Plays. It was called the Mile High Miracle, a 70-yard touchdown pass against Denver with 30 seconds left to send the game into overtime. The Ravens eventually won, propelling them to the championship. Another great Ravens play belongs to Diane from Annapolis. Diane played Raven scratch-offs and won season tickets for 20 years. You could be next. Play Raven scratch-offs with instant prizes up to $100,000. And please play responsibly. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show too. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars. Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill presented by Brown Advisory October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. 
Um, the only like significant news that came out yesterday, John Harbaugh's press conference, Stephen Means indeed uh, done for the year, and that leaves the Ravens even thinner at the linebacker position as far as their edge rush is concerned. Not that Stephen Means necessarily was going to be like the answer for the Ravens there, but would have been nice to have anything that could help anything at all when you are as thin as you are. So scratch him off the list. We will see if uh, Jeremiah Moon's an undrafted free agent out of Florida that um, is on the practice squad. See if that's the way that they go. A lot of people yesterday talking about perhaps they revisit the uh, Jason Pierre-Paul conversation. I uh, I guess. I mean, like, I, I guess. I, As I said before, I think there's a reason why when they brought Jason Pierre-Paul in, they ended up deciding to look elsewhere. Just just a guess that that's probably not what they think the solution is, but I get it. They are so thin that I don't know how they rule much of anything out whatsoever. It's what it is. The Ravens now shift their focus to the Patriots, of course, on Sunday as they go on the road to Foxborough uh, for the Patriots' home opener this season. I've got new power rankings up today at PressBoxOnline.com. Joining us now, he, of course, covers the Baltimore Ravens for the Baltimore Sun. He is our friend and a noted Mark Turgeon supporter. He is Mr. Jonas Schaefer, and he's back with us now on GCR. Jonas, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Morning, Glenn. How's it going, man? You know, it's been a... It's been a man, do, you, you, doing talk shows in this town over the last 48 hours has been super pleasant. Really, really fun thing to do. Um, so let me start with the, the edge rush thing, right? Like, wh- what what do they do at this point other than just try to wait it out, hope that Tyus Bowser's back in a couple weeks, hope that David Ajabo can help at some point? Like, I, 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 I don't think any team's willing to be aggressive at this point to try to trade for something just yet. You'd have to wait for that. Like, I, it's, it's bad, but I don't know how you fix it. Yeah, I mean, it's a seller's market in, in all regards, right? I mean, you're not going to be able to, if you think someone like Jason Pierre-Paul can play, you're not going to be able to get him at probably the market price or whatever you think the market price is. And, you know, as you mentioned the trade possibility, I don't think really there's there's much of a market for, for trades this early in the season unless, you know, it is just a tire fire of a team that's already looking to, to offload assets. I mean, you know, the thing that the Ravens do, I think, smartly is, is they wait to decide some guys because the longer you wait the less game checks you have to pay them and the more flexibility you have the long term for that salary cap but uh it is not a good situation they have right now i mean i thought steven means you know even though he didn't do a whole lot pass rush wise in week one i thought he had a couple good reps he was huge further you know just spelling adafi away and, and justin houston Obviously, they didn't think Kyler Fackrell could do anything at all, right. or they would have kept it instead of cutting him. And so now you're back to this totally far from ideal situation where you have those two who are, you know, pretty decent top two. Although we expected Adafi to have, you know, a couple splash plays right now, and you're lining people up like Brent Urban as edge rushers on on important downs, even though he's not really a stand-up outside linebacker guy. And you have Calais Campbell doing the same kind of thing. You're expecting Malik Harrison to do a pretty good job as a run defender, which I think he has been. But also, you know, on those downs where you need a pass rusher, he's just kind of run into somebody. He doesn't really have that that uh, that 
you know wealth of, of skill sets uh, to make him a a legit edge rusher in the NFL or even an average an average one in the NFL. So, uh, and I guess it's just a situation where they're counting down the days until Ty Stauser can go, and then after that they're counting down the days until David Ajabo can go. But you're right. I mean, it is a, a pretty bleak scenario because we saw when this interior defensive line doesn't have any pass rush juice um, like it did in week one, then it's going to cause problems for the, the back seven. And then I think it was just a, uh, you know, everything's from the front, you know, defense. And that was the, the blessing that Mike McDonald had at Michigan where he had two incredible edge rushers. And right now, even though Justin Houston is very good, and I think, you know, Dafa Elway can get there, um, when you don't have consistent pressure, you, you really handcuff your defense in a lot of ways. For that being said, I saw what you shared on Twitter this morning about there, there's still, if there's a silver lining of some sort, it's that if they can keep Marlon Humphrey on the field, they seem to be a much different defense when he was out there. Yeah, yeah. And, and it should be noted, you know, that, again, you know, you don't want to make too much of a big deal about these kind of things because, again, you know, something like a, 60-yard touchdown can really screw up a sample size. But basically when the Ravens had Marlon Humphrey for like the 56 of the 71 plays on defense on Sunday, they were pretty decent. You know, obviously there were a couple turnovers in there that, that helped them change their luck around, but they were only averaging about, you know, six and a half yards per play allowed, which is pretty decent uh, considering what Miami did, you know, in all other facets of the game Sunday. But then when he went off the field, especially in that fourth quarter, you know, whether it was because he was kind of pushing up against the pitch count or he, his groin wasn't feeling all that swell. Um, you know, the their yards per play basically you know, skyrocketed, all, almost doubled, and uh, they were basically allowing an expected point added per play of one, which is absolutely mm. terrible. You know, like when Lamar was MVP, his EPA right. per play was like 0.4. So anything above 0.7 is Chernobyl-level scary. So it's, it's, a, it's a rough situation, but... You know, he seemed to come out of that game pretty decently healthy. No setbacks from Marcus Peters. They should have Brandon Stevens back or at least close to back on Sunday. And, and you know, you, you would expect some of the guys who struggle in the back end, like Jalen Armour Davis, like Pepe, like, like, Kyle, Hamilton, like Kyle Hamilton, to, to learn a lesson or two and, and come back with, uh, with a better game. And, of course, it helps that you don't have to go against two speed freaks like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill coming up uh, against this New England Patriots offense. No doubt, no doubt. He is Jonas Schaefer from the Baltimore Sun. He's with us here on GCR. Jonas, this is a weird conversation because um, everybody loves to blame and finger point when a team you know, does something that you haven't seen in, in, in an eternity and blows a 21-point fourth quarter lead. I have this weird kind of way that I approach this, which is the biggest story to me was they didn't run the ball, and, and this is the NFL and this is defense in 2022 – the, the league wants it to be that teams can come back from down 21 points in the fourth quarter because they, that's good for business. They've changed the rules. The, the, the idea of it, 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 it's part of what rubs me the wrong way about some of Rex Ryan's comments. Like, dude, that, that era of defense doesn't exist in the NFL any longer. You're not allowed to play like that. The league makes sure that you can't just be that type of defense any longer. And, and it just it was so glaring to me on Sunday that this is what happens when you can't run the ball. The, the part that I'm struggling with is whether they're just going to be able to fix that should they get J.K. Dobbins back in the next week or two and then Gus Edwards after that. And, you know, Lord, I don't even know how to talk about Ronnie Stanley anymore because I, I, I'm i starting to wonder if he's sort of like the Easter Bunny at this point. Like, I, 
<laughs> I, I don't know how to have this conversation because it's it's it is insane to me that anybody that's out on the field they they can't get any production at all in the run game, and that to me is part of the problem when we talk about the defense. Yeah, yeah, and I think that there are there have been plays on the field to be made. Um, you know, Nate Tice, who works yeah. uh, the athletic, that does a great job. Uh, you know, just kind of putting out useful clips. Um, had I think two useful ones that that he, that he put up yesterday. I believe the first one or the first one that I saw was of that uh, you know shotgun handoff to Justice Hill yep. late in the second quarter against the cover zero, where you know. It, Admittedly, he had to be cognizant of the the situational factors of, of getting to the sideline, of, of you know using his blocks, of, of seeing this defender you know kind of creeping inside. But there was a lot of space for him to run, you mm-hmm. know, just up the alley instead of taking it outside. And I I think he probably got the minimum amount of yards for a guy who had that just eight, those acres of space to run through. So um, you know, obviously, it didn't end up mattering a whole lot. In terms of the bigger the bigger picture, because they did end up scoring a touchdown on that one, but those are the kind of plays that I, I think you have to be bold enough to, to want to take and, and not want to run to the sideline because you're fearing, you know, the, getting admonished by a coach for for not respecting the clock when you have a couple timeouts. And then there was another play, um, you know, John Harbaugh mentioned that these defenses are really, you know, stacking the box, and I think that's fair, but they also stacked the box 2019, 2020, 21. And so there was a play, um, gosh, I think it might have been the second half where the Ravens had a play action and they, they kind of tagged onto it, just a little bubble screen to Isaiah Likely going out to the left. And I don't know if it was always a pass, but if it was an RPO, then the Ravens probably gave up a touchdown for what was like a three to five yard gain because mm-hmm. if Lamar had put the ball in the belly of whatever running back it was, he had two, you know, this guard and tackle pulling from left to right, and there was going to be a you know one-on-one advantage for the Ravens, where they would have had you know more players on the right side of the line than the Dolphins did, and that probably would have been enough to bust it. But the play didn't go that way. They, the ball went to Likely. He got a short completion. Again, I don't know what happened on that drive, but there have been plays to be made like that. Um, you know, their zone read stuff or their their outside zone stuff, which is usually pretty successful a lot of for, for other teams just hasn't been there there hasn't been a lot of vision uh, hasn't been able to have a lot of holes um obviously they're going to keep plugging away maybe getting nick boyle back on sunday will help some but i think they're pretty telling that they just haven't had enough confidence of where he is health wise to, to throw him out there for even limited action in week one or two so um, again with lamar jackson the, the the basement the floor on this rushing offense should always be like top 15 in efficiency. So for them to be probably bottom five in the league right now is, is honestly pretty stunning. Yeah, it's it's very stunning. I, I do we do we have a feel at all when it comes to like you know it, it was I know we we all kind of reacted the same way to what it is that got, that J.K. Dobbins said on his show a week ago and and how much more significant his injury was than what we knew. But the Ravens still chose not to put him on the pup list. Like I, I where are we with all of this at this point, Jonas? <laughs> With with Dobbins specifically, or what? Yeah, J- Dobbins, and I, you know, I gotta throw in all these other kind. Con- like, it's so weird that we're still talking about this with Ronnie Stanley. Like, I, I'm so confused by what's going on here that I, I want to be the guy that that isn't putting on a tinfoil hat. I don't want to be doing like an Alex Jones impression and saying that the frogs are all turning gay or something like that, right? Like, I don't want to <laughs> be doing that stuff. But 
I, I can't help, but it's super weird what's going on, right? Yeah, I think the the refrain from Harbaugh that I think everyone should focus on is, you know, these guys have to feel like they're ready. And, you know, I think there have been some instances in practice with Ronnie Stanley where maybe, you know, eight of ten basic football movements feel comfortable to him. But if there are one or two of those ten where he still feels like he's not fully comfortable, then the Ravens have to respect that decision. And they have to respect his discomfort and, and place faith and hope that, you know, if they give him a week or two or three, or gosh, gosh, how long, gosh knows how long it's going to take for him to get fully healthy, then that's what he deserves. You know, obviously he, he's talked uh, in the past about just how he felt like he rushed back last year and that how that undercut his performance in week one and how that led to his just unwillingness or his inability to, to play for the rest of that season. Um, so I, I think you have to, you know, want to give him some patience. This is a very, very long season. Uh, Patrick McCarry, I think, has done a, a banging up job, especially as a pass protector on that left side. Um, but, uh, you know, with J.K., uh, I, I think it's probably more of the, the coaches and the front office um, wanting to, to make sure that he is good to go. I mean, that they have access to this GPS data. They can tell whether he's getting faster, how quickly he's moving, you know, what his conditioning is over the length of a practice. So even though he was, you know, kind of all signs from uh, last week, last Friday when we spoke to him for the first time, were that he was going to play just because he had that giddy way about him and he's, you know, talking about, like, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see. Um, obviously, the, the Ravens have more information than, than we do, and uh, they didn't feel like throwing him out there would be for their benefit either in the short term or the long term. So, obviously, there, there are just so many vagaries to this that there's there's so much, you know, so much that we don't know. It's such an opaque viewpoint into just the, the health and rehab of all, of all these players. But, um, you know, considering how poorly everything went last year and, the, the trust that Harbaugh has placed in the, the medical science team and the and the rehab folks on the on that side of the building, you know, I am willing to to cut them a little slack until things just really reach a comical level, which right. they may already have. I mean, yeah, yeah, you said. It's dancing. It's just weird that they that these guys were not put on pup or were pulled off of pup, right? When when it it, it limits your roster flexibility, right? And you didn't know. Yeah. For sure, that those guys are going to be available. Jonas, everything we talk about before I let you go, every, all of these things being considered, is what happened on Sunday to you more a sign of one game early in a season in a weird league where crazy things happen and not worth overreacting to? Or is it more, dude, this doesn't happen to good football teams no matter what's going on. There, there, there is legitimate reason for concern. Yeah, I think I think I'm definitely leaning more toward uh, column B, but with the, with the knowledge that the the roster of this Ravens defense, especially and and also the offense, assuming there's not another injury apocalypse headed Baltimore's way, will look appreciably different in ten weeks, five weeks, you know, thirteen weeks. I mean, we're talking about a pass rush that. You know, didn't have Bowser, didn't have a job out, didn't have Travis Jones. Uh, you know, I think people are maybe underselling what he could have given uh, that interior push if he were healthy, and, and maybe he was healthy enough to play. Who knows? You know, uh, Mike McDonald said on Thursday that he was good to go, but he clearly was not. Uh, you know, uh, so you're talking about having a deeper offensive, you know, outside linebacker rotation. Um, you're talking about a secondary that should 
hopefully have Marcus Peters, uh, you know, more dialed in, more healthy, uh, quicker, Marlon Humphrey healthier, Kyle Hamilton uh, wiser. Um, you know, uh, obviously there are still concerns inside linebacker because the same stuff that we are seeing from, you know, Josh Bynes and Patrick Queen are worrisome just in terms of their, their tackling, uh, in terms of their, their past coverage, their past awareness. Uh, but, you know, the Ravens have, have remained optimistic that that Queen is starting to turn a corner in his career. So obviously you're kind of willing to, to give them the benefit of the doubt. So um, obviously there's, there's always going to be attrition over the course of a long NFL season. Uh, but the defense that we saw in the fourth quarter on Sunday is not capable of winning anything. Yeah. I do think that, again, knock on wood, assuming there's just not a catastrophic run of injuries, this defense, just in terms of the sheer talent it has, in terms of the star power at pretty much every level of that roster, should be enough to, to be to carry your offense on a day when it, you know things aren't going well or the passing game is off or the running game is off again. So um, I'm not going to you know hit the alarm bell yet because of you know the talent and just the pedigree that's on this roster. But I also understand that, you know, if you show the lack of pass rush, if you show the lack of willingness to cover open guys yep. 20 yards downfield, then you are not going to be long for this. You're not going to be long for, for playing time in this league. At Jonas underscore Schaefer is how you follow him on Twitter. Of course, Baltimore Sun, BaltimoreSun.com. Jonas, uh, I appreciate it, pal. Uh, I'll, I'll save my Alex Jones impression for the next time we chat. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always, my friend. Of course, Glenn. Take care, Ben. Jonas Schaefer checking in with us here on GCR. Hey, well, you never told me what time are we talking to Joe? I just realized. Oh, it was 10.45 is what I told him. Yeah, we could probably, probably do a couple minutes early. Well, no, it's fine. Oh, I mean, okay. like, I just didn't know. And I was like, well, I wonder what. what Got to plan some things so, out, figure out when I'm taking breaks and what I need to do. It's just a whole thing that uh, goes in. And I should have I asked earlier, and I didn't do I that. I should have told you earlier. Um, I, I keep coming back to that question, that last question I asked Jonas. I feel like it's how I've been shaping in... In hindsight, maybe it's how I should have shaped my column, which is, is it just one game? Is it just, a, this is the NFL, the NFL's insane, crazy things happen, that's the way it works, don't, there's, it's not worth overreacting to anything at this point. And it, I'll tell you what's weird, we've reached out to some people in the last couple of days that actually didn't want to come on with us. People who have connections to the Baltimore Ravens and basically didn't want to come on because they like the Baltimore Ravens and they don't want to be mean to them. And it's a weird, I've, this is a new phenomenon. I have not experienced this before. Now, some of it is the, unfortunately, the hyper kind of sensitive way that media has become. And I, I hate this. It's impacted all of what we do. There are people that are paranoid that anything they say that, that really is innocuous. Do you know how insane it is what people are... The reaction to what Justin Fields said after the Bears loss on Sunday night. Which is the most innocuous thing. And, and frankly, if anything, should be what fans should like. Imagine if a player went to the podium and said, Yeah, you guys, you're more angry about it. We don't care about it about losing inside the locker room. Imagine if that's what a player said. Justin Fields said, we're angrier about it than you are, which is exactly what you would want. And yet we're so stupid. We're just so dumb. 
that we try to create it into some sort of controversy or Bears fans aren't going to like this. Why not? I, I had to admonish um, a former intern of mine who I like and who's a good kid and who I would hire back, I thought. I, like, I don't know what the hell was going on last night. I I swear to God, we are so... There's something wrong with us. I mean, there's a lot of things that are wrong with us. My buddy, uh, Lil Jordan, Marlon Humphrey tweeted, It makes me feel slightly better that everyone in the division lost today, but still. Which is an innocuous tweet. And I, by the way, he smartly deleted it after I admonished him, so I actually don't remember exactly what he said, but, but Lil Jordan was like, Isn't that loser talk? I don't want to hear this. I'm like, What are you doing? What is wrong with you? It makes me feel slightly better that everyone in the division lost today, but still. How dare you? How dare you not crawl into a hole and die? What is wrong with us? But this is the type of stuff that leads to, we reached out to a couple people that, again, nor I've been regulars over the years that just sort of didn't want to come on this week. And it's part because they're afraid that if they some, say something innocuous and we tweet it out, that they're going to end up causing problems. And because they don't really want to go after the Ravens. And that's concerning. I utterly dismiss what Rex Ryan had to say yesterday. You know what? We need to take a break, but... Can you pull up the Rex Ryan? I hate, yeah. God, I hate sharing this. I really hate sharing this because I don't want to give more attention to carnival barking. Mm, this is a fine line for me. But and, uh, You know what? Yeah, pull it up. Damn it. I don't want to do this. So Rex Ryan was on whatever the show is on ESPN, the, 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 the carnival barker hour. I just, I'm sorry. I don't. There's so many shows. He was on the, maybe it was first take. Maybe it was get up. I don't know. I'm, I don't want. I'm so sorry. I know that this is not me trying to be. I think it was Get Up. Yeah. Get Up. Fine. That's the name of the show. And Rex Ryan, do you have it? I believe so, yeah. All right, go ahead. Good. Hold on. All uh, right. Never mind. Wait, never wait, mind. Wait. Don't do it. See I if have, I can. I have it. You're one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time. I'm just a fan. And even I'm sitting here saying, how in the world are you allowing the receivers behind your defense in that fourth no, quarter? No, it's impossible. And, and it just tells you right now that they don't know what the hell they're doing schematically there's something there's something wrong with this team and they have a lot of players individually they got Marcus Peters you got you know the kid from uh, New Orleans yeah. Williams you got all these guys Humphrey that's three pro bowlers in the back end why the hell aren't you playing better and, and to me it's like they're busting coverages communication is bad I, I, they can't finish games anymore it used to be we're up just like Ryan too we'd be up seven points game set match done they're up 21 and lose this game yeah. So to me, look, the, 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 I, I question going into this game, would Greg Roman have the answers for their defense? He did. He passed it with he flying did. colors. Did. However, their defense, this new hotshot coordinator is terrible. Well, you're one of the Man, this is at best disingenuous. At worst, this is Rex Ryan, who, for those that don't remember, Rex is still mad. And made it very apparent when he would come back to town, when he came back for the Ravens' original Super Bowl reunion, how mad he was that he didn't get the head coaching job. And that somehow, all these years later, he still wants to try to get one over. 
it starts by being disingenuous. Comparing the NFL in 2022 to what the NFL was even at the latest that Rex was a coordinator, so 2008, is insanity. It ain't the same league. We know that. We have eyes. We have brains. We have all of those things. You can't play defense the same way. The league won't let you for good reasons, for reasons that are more related to TV ratings. There's a bunch of different reasons why that's the case. So it starts by being disingenuous. Well, we used to get up by seven points, and that would be that. You're not allowed to murder the receivers anymore. You understand why maybe things might be a bit different than they were in the early 2000s trying to play defense? And, and I ask that because I'm not just asking Rex Ryan. I'm asking a lot of people in this fan base that don't seem to understand that you can't play defense the same way. It's not allowed. Two, it's not just disingenuous. Rex Ryan's an idiot. Marlon Humphrey wasn't on the field when all of that was happening. To say, well, you got these great cornerbacks, but they're not, what are they doing? Well, they're not, they're not out there, is the answer. Now, that's not on Rex, really, because he's a talking head on television. That's on somebody who wrote for him or prepared his content, because that's the way it works on ESPN, is somebody writes your content for you or with you. And somehow, they let him down by letting him go on television and say that without saying, hey, oh, by the way, Rex, uh, you need to make sure that you say, hey, I know they weren't out there in the fourth quarter. Or at least Marlon Humphrey wasn't. So that's two on the list. Three on the list is him calling Mike McDonald terrible. After two games. Holy F. It's at best disingenuous, but it comes off way more like Rex Ryan, 14 years later, still isn't over not getting the job and still is looking for any reason at all to try to take shots. And also the Ravens moved on from his brother too, right? So maybe there's something personal there. I don't know. But it's not fair criticism. I know that much. Nothing about it is reasonable or fair criticism. Not what he said, which isn't to say there isn't fair criticism of what happened on Sunday. Of course there is. But it ain't what Rex Ryan said. And I get it. You guys all sit around, and anytime you're mad about something and you see somebody who makes you feel better about it, you you know pleasure yourself to it. But nothing about what Rex Ryan said is in any way reasonable or fair. It is at best, at its best, disingenuous. Nonsense. Hey, coming soon, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all kinds of food. Get the details and reserve yours today at ginsugrills.com. You can also see Ginsu Grills in action Every Baltimore football home game, stop by Hammerjacks for the mother's tailgate and see the press box tent where uh, you can try some samples fresh off the Ginsu Kamado Grill, win some prizes every home game this season. Stop by Hammerjacks and check out the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. 
Joining us now as we preview Waiver Wire Wednesday in fantasy football, he is Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst, our buddy Mr. Joe Serpico, back with us now on GCR. Joe, what's going on, pal? How are you? I'm hanging in there, my friend. How you doing? Uh, I would have been doing better if I had um, bothered to look to see that Gabriel Davis wasn't playing last night and it wasn't the singular difference in why I'm now 0-2 in one of my <laughs> leagues. Really not smart on my part. Just I, I, I'm really good at that on Sundays for some reason. I am not good at that on Mondays. I don't remember that there are still players that might be out. But we live, we learn, we move forward. Um, let's, let's take a look at the wire for this week. Let's start with Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously a lot of Trey Lance owners, I would assume if you're a Trey Lance owner, you probably need to be in the market for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to ask a question like, I'm a Russell Wilson owner in one league. Should I be in the market for Jimmy Garoppolo? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I think a lot of people are concerned about Russell to start season that's for sure coming out of these first two games where a lot of people thought that Russell should have been cooking but that hasn't been the case um I wouldn't be going out of my way to go get Jimmy Garoppolo unless you're in a two quarterback league uh yeah we have seen Garoppolo take the 49ers to a couple NFC championship games and a Super Bowl but he has never really been a fantasy relevant quarterback now with that said I do think uh with him now being the quarterback, I think that does bump up the value for your Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and even uh, George Kittle because, uh, you know, I don't think it's any secret that he's a better passer than Trey Lance. And A lot of what people were relying on for Trey Lance was his legs for fantasy purposes. Um, so that's a big blow if you lost Lance. Um, I don't know if you were planning to ask me about Tua next, but he's somebody that uh, I, this is, has uh, shot gr- up my board. Gr- Griffin brought this up. I can't believe there are leagues where Tua Tungavailoa is available. I cannot believe that. And I get it. Like Maybe there's just a weird league where everybody rostered one quarterback, but I refuse to believe that there are 20 quarterbacks that were more desirable than Tua Tungavailoa at this point. It's... Uh, based off of what we've seen the first two weeks, I do 100% agree with you. I have to admit, I was one of those guys that was I wanted nothing to do with Tua this offseason. Uh, I was fearful that he wasn't going to be able to support the two uh, receivers, and we saw, you know, especially for us in Baltimore, we saw uh, he could more than support two receivers. Uh, he threw six touchdown passes this past weekend. Uh, he's definitely shooting up my board based off of that performance. Now, we can't expect that every single week with both guys having 10 catches, uh, over 100-plus 50 yards, whatever it was and two touchdowns apiece. But at the same time, we've found out that Tua is a guy that, if he's available, you absolutely need to snag him, especially if, like, your situation, if, uh, let's say, you lost Trey Lance or you have uh, some concerns about Russell Wilson, I would definitely be taking a flyer on Tua for the rest of the year. I, I definitely would, too. But in, in the reasonable world where Tua is not available on your waiver wire and your waiver wire looks more like this, uh, Garoppolo, Mariota, Matt Ryan, Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, Oof. like Baker Mayfield. Like when that's what your waiver wire looks like. Joe Flacco, who of course could have carried you to a win in fantasy football this week, which is a bizarro world. Like in a, in a world where that's what you're looking at, obviously I'm not going to pick up any of those guys on the waiver wire, but like, I, again, as a Russell Wilson owner, I sort of at this point feel like I want to own another quarterback on my roster are there any of those guys that you're like, all right, pick him up, hold it, don't play him over Russell Wilson yet, but he's worth rostering when you get to Thursday of this week? 
Uh, funny thing I just saw before I got on with you. The top three pastors in the league right now are Tua, Carson Wentz, and Joe Flacco. Never would have saw that coming at yeah, right. Never would have saw that coming entering uh, the NFL season. Now, all three of those names, again, Tua, I would take. Uh, you didn't mention Carson Wentz, so I'm going to assume that they not available. Not available, but not available. okay. I was going to say because of all those names that you kind of mentioned, they were all kind of made me. They're uh, not good. Yes, they are not yeah, good, yeah. my dude. They are not at all. Um, now, and by the way, it's it's why I was thinking about putting in a one dollar claim for Jimmy Garoppolo because I'm like I I don't I don't know like. It's a rough. It's rough. Well, times. based on what you got there, yeah, I'd say Garoppolo is your best bet. I don't know. I kind of lean a little bit more towards uh, Mariota. Again, kind of similar situation as Trey Lance. It gives you at least something on the ground, um, and you know if he gets you that rushing touchdown where it's six points, as opposed to a passing touchdown with four, uh, you know that's a little bit of a boost for you. But yeah, you're basically scraping at the bottom of the barrel there. Um, I, if, personal preference i would say based on how the rest of your team looks if you can stack anybody maybe uh but it was definitely between those two i don't want nothing to do with say uh what we saw from matt ryan last week or daniel jones or any of those bottom feeders that you mentioned he is joe serpico press box fantasy football analyst he is with us here on glenn clark radio um joe if you're a mike evans owner um is it worth picking up again? I can't. These are so many names. I can't believe I'm saying. Is it worth picking up Brashad Perriman for the week? Ooh, there's a name that we haven't heard in a while. Um, I think Brady is in trouble this week just because you mentioned that Mike Evans is now going to be suspended. Julio's out with injury this past week. Chris Godwin as well. Who knows if those guys are back? Uh, they signed Cole Beasley today. That just shows you how desperate they are now. When they go. Fu- when they have everybody healthy and they have that five-wide crew, that's going to be one hell of a five-wide. Um, do I take a risk on Perriman? I mean, he's somebody I might be targeting, let's say, in daily fantasy this week just because you probably expect him to be really, really cheap. But I'm hopeful that if you are uh, searching the waiver wire that you don't have to go to that drastic well, measures to right. find a, a Perriman. Well, and again, uh, some of these things. So, Joe, bear in mind, when I ask these questions, I, I, I do I, I do want you to tell me, hey, n- definitely not on the waiver wire, but again, I think there's oh, a second a secondary column where we talk about, but if he's there on Thursday, go ahead and take a look at him. Oh, that, if we're talking in that circumstance, then yeah, absolutely do not spend any waiver, you know, any waiver currency on Perriman. Uh, if he's somebody you want to pick up, like you said, tomorrow or the next day where, you know, he clears waivers, yeah, feel free to do so. But I would absolutely not use a waiver claim on Param. And I think there's probably plenty of guys well ahead of him that you can probably spend a waiver claim on uh, just off the top of my head. Uh, let's say a Curtis Samuel, who's really been pressed the first couple of weeks, uh, Jahat Dotson, another uh, commander, almost said the, uh, the other mm-hmm. former team name there. Um but, yeah, there's definitely what Robbie Anderson. I mean, there's there's definitely some guys that I am uh, keeping an eye on before I go down the Prashad Perriman route. Again, Perriman may be somebody playing DFS this weekend, but that's about it. What about what about Greg Dortch? You were down on him a week ago. Are you coming around? I had a gut feeling you were going to ask me about him. I was wrong about him last week, obviously. I think he's more right now beneficiary of what's going on in Arizona. Uh, injury to Rondell Moore. Christian Kirk isn't there. Uh, even Zach Ertz is a little bit banged up. And then, obviously, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. Uh, so I think Dorch is, you know, taking advantage of a, of a circumstance for him. 
Uh, now, I think once Rondell Moore comes back, you know, his role gets limited. Uh, like what we have seen from Marquise Brown from the start. Um, and Kyler Murray, I mean, I know he looked great winning that game this past weekend, but I don't know. He just doesn't look like he he's all there as a passer yet this year. Maybe that changes once uh, Hopkins comes back. We've kind of seen it's weird this year. The Cardinals have kind of started off slow as opposed to the years past where they start off hot and then get slow. Maybe this is the year they finally flip the script on that. But uh, Dorch is not a guy, once again, I know you're trying to get me into that uh, into that wave, but I am not putting a waiver claim on him. But he's somebody. Let's say if you know you need a third receiver, I'll I'll poke at uh, picking up off the free agency, but not a waiver. I, I am again. That that's yet. that's fine. I, when I ask these questions, I think there's different categories. I think there's three different categories when I ask about these guys, Joe. I think there's get a claim in on him. Maybe some of those guys, especially when you're talking about uh, Fab, like, you know, put in a significant claim for him. I think there's the second category, which is definitely not for waiver wire, but, you know, if if they linger, then it might be somebody that can help you. And then I think there's a third category, which is why would that guy be on your roster? <laughs> like, why would you do oh, that I, at uh, all? Yeah, I agree with you totally in that sense. Yeah, there's certain guys that are worth – I mean, I'm one of those that doesn't put in a waiver claim on a kicker or a defense until Sunday no, morning. Like, I don't no, – no. I, I, I'm one of those that uh, come on Tuesday, I drop both of those positions. I don't care if I have the best kicker or the best defense matchup. Yeah. I'll hold on to two guys until Sunday. If an injury happens, I you know, let's say one of my guys goes down, I have a backup running back. I, so it, I, I try to, unless it's major injury, I'm not using fab on a lot of guys, to be brutally honest. I get it. I get it entirely. All right, anybody else whose name we haven't mentioned yet that you say, look, it be monitoring this, you know, if they're out there – whether it's for waiver wire again later on in the week, any other names that we haven't mentioned yet that jump out at you? Um, another one that we saw this past weekend in Baltimore, Raheem Mostert. Uh, it mm-hmm. was, you know, after for first week, Chase Edmonds seemed to look like he was going to have the majority of the touches there. But I guess once they fell behind quickly there, and Mostert has more familiarity with the offense, considering that he came over with McDaniel from the 49ers, and he got most of the touches, especially in that fourth quarter. So that's definitely a situation to keep an eye on. Whether I don't think it's going to swing in Mostert's favor uh, completely, but that might be more of a 50-50 split than we thought maybe, uh, let's say, a week ago. And then another name to definitely keep an eye on is kind of been a pest for if you're a DeAndre Swift owner is Jamal Williams. Uh, the guy is getting his touches, especially in the – the goal line, red zone area, he seems to be the preferred back right now. Actually got more touches than Swift this week, even though Swift was a, uh, a dominant player for you in fantasy. And he looks like he's just one of those guys that doesn't need a whole lot of touches to be relevant. But Williams, I would definitely be uh, putting in – he's a guy I actually would put a waiver claim on just because you okay. know if something were to happen to Swift – He's a guy that is going to probably take over the majority of the carries in Detroit. Well, so you're putting a waiver claim in on him if you're a Swift owner, or you would still put a claim in on him for it for anybody? I well, depending on your, how your roster is constructed, I would actually. He's one of those guys I would put in a waiver claim regardless. Now I wouldn't go too crazy, maybe a you know a couple bucks here or there in your fab, but he was somebody I would want to have on my team because you know that there's a path to success if he is forced to. Uh, get some playing time as opposed to some of these other running back situations. You don't know who's going to be that guy. Like if something were to happen to Jeff Wilson now, we have no idea who's going to be the uh, running back behind him because now that the uh, Davis Price is down with injury too. So, you know, there are certain situations where you feel better about it and the, 
Detroit situation is one. So, yeah, Jamal Williams is a guy I would definitely be putting a waiver claim on. At Joe Serp on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, you see all of his stuff every day at PressBoxOnline.com as he helps you get ready for week three in fantasy football season. Joe Serpico, appreciate you, pal. We will talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? Anytime. Talk to you soon. It's Joe Serpico, Pressbox fantasy football analyst, checking in with us here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by Guilford Hall Brewery. Oktoberfest this Saturday. I was talking to Griffin, and he said... I could drink $30 worth of beer at Guilford Hall in 12 minutes. Now, we've done a lot yeah. of stunts, but I'm not going to have him do that because it could get dangerous. That could be fun. I understand that, but it could be dangerous, and actually I need you to work on Saturday, so it's not an option. Oh, I'm right, so right. sorry. Uh, but <laughs> for the rest of you, Saturday, $30, all you can drink at Guilford Hall Brewery's Oktoberfest party. And the party goes from... Noon to midnight. Do you understand how insane that deal is? $30, all you can drink. They're delicious craft brews at Guilford Hall Brewery. Now throw in for $80 an all-you-can-eat-and-drink ticket. All-you-can-eat and drinks. The delicious Bavarian menu. Pretzel, sausage, the whole deal. All that available. $80 from noon to midnight. I don't know what your plans are on Saturday. When they've got the screens, they'll have games on all throughout the day. Maryland, Michigan, of course. Like, I don't know what your plans are. I don't know if you got uh, kids with soccer games or something like that. But I know this is a way better way to spend your Saturday. They also have Dunk the Brewer, a Stein holding contest, giveaways, special Oktoberfest, cask tapping, music, games, and more all throughout the day. Go to guilfordhall.com in order to get your tickets. Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. Um, Joe. Joe says, Glenn, understand what it is that you're saying about Rex Ryan, but you can't pretend like there isn't an actual problem. Sure, it's unfair to say Mike McDonald is terrible through two games, but isn't it fair to say that there shouldn't be this many communication issues no matter who's on the field? I, I, I guess, yeah, it's an easy thing to say. It's, a, it's kind of a dumb thing to say, but sure, say it anyway. There shouldn't be this many communication issues no matter who's on the field. If you're an NFL player, you, there's no world in which that specifically the play where Jalen Armour Davis doesn't move and we all assume that Kyle Hamilton's supposed to be coming over. A reminder of the absurdity of PFF grades is that Griffin pointed out to me yesterday that Kyle Hamilton was one of the like top five Ravens with their PFF grades. Because what they're grading is what you actually do, not what you didn't do. So their grading isn't we think Kyle Hamilton was supposed to be in help there, and he decided to go over to the other side of the field instead. They're grading what you do. It's, it's why, and admittedly, I was in, in the infancy of PFF. I used to put the grader of that game on on this show every week. Oh, really? It was years ago. Oh, wow. And then after I talked to a couple of them and realized their methodology, I understood that, like, no, this isn't the Bible that we're trying to... And I'm I'm wrong by giving it more attention. These guys are watching the game live and grading it. They're not watching the All-22. 
They're not going back and seeing the things, and they're grading it live sitting on a couch somewhere. Now, I think that most of them are intelligent football people. I don't think it's worthless what they share, but we were treating it like it was Bible, and it ain't Bible. I do think that Kyle Hamilton made a couple of plays on Sunday, and, and you know, after a, a, a few of our friends, uh, Spencer Schultz, uh, for example, from Baltimore Beatdown, shared out a couple things that he did. You see some signs that there is skill with Kyle Hamilton. But, you know, the other stuff exists too. And doesn't show up in a PFF grade. Um, miscommunication, yeah, that, that should be fixed. Calling Mike McDonald terrible after his second game is carnival barking. It's the height of carnival barking. It's saying something to get attention. Either because, again, Rex Ryan has some sort of personal vendetta, which we've known for some time he has. Now, I thought that maybe one day he would kind of grow out of that, but, you know, maybe he hasn't. I, I don't know if that's what it is. I just, I have to bring it up because it is a known fact. Rex Ryan came and kind of embarrassed himself at the first uh, Super Bowl 35 reunion event that the Ravens held going after them. And maybe he's also, I, again, I don't know this, but maybe he's angry that with something related to his brother because his brother was parted ways with the Ravens after the season last year. I don't know. But I know there's nothing reasonable about calling a defensive coordinator terrible two weeks into their career. It's insane to say if what he said was um, this was a terrible performance, that would be a fair criticism. That would be reasonable. That would be something we could discuss. If what he said was um, this was a terrible play, that, of course, would be a reasonable thing to say. He didn't say those things. He said... The new hotshot coordinator is terrible, which comes off like either my brother really liked Wink Martindale and is mad that Wink Martindale's gone, or I thought my brother should have been the defensive coordinator and he's gone, or I'm still mad about not getting the job a long time ago and I have been waiting for a t chance to take a shot. And I, again, I don't know these things, but I, all I can do is react to what's not reasonable. Why would you say something so wildly unreasonable? Why would you do that? Maybe he just stuck his foot in his mouth. I know that's a funny thing to say about Rex Ryan. I, did, I literally, no pun intended. Honest to God. Like, <laughs> damn it. Damn it. There's really no way around that, is there? You're making such good points. God. <laughs> Damn it. I, re I really, I swear to God, I didn't mean anything by that. Um, maybe he just, again, when you do these shows, you find yourself being encouraged to say stupid things. And so maybe ultimately it was just him saying something very stupid. He wanted to say something loud and bombastic, and maybe it has nothing to do with anything personal. Maybe. But again, there's nothing reasonable about it, no matter how much you want to share it out there, no matter how much it makes you feel... Like, you're justified in, yeah, this sucks. They hired the wrong... Like, whatever it is that you want to feel because the Ravens lost a football game. 
I, you can't make it legitimate. There is nothing realistic, honest, genuine about that criticism. Because again, every layer, comparing it to when you know Rex Ryan was a coordinator and the rules were completely different in football, naming players that weren't on the field and calling someone terrible after their second game in the NFL, every layer of this is nonsense. If he just would have made the fart noise that Dan Orlovsky made last night on ESPN, and I still don't know what the story is on that. If he just would have done that, it would have been of equal value. That is the bummer about that, is that Rex Ryan, given being a prominent former Ravens defensive coordinator, being someone who is you know, an intelligent football mind should have had something thoughtful to offer there. That's the bummer about all of this. You're getting paid a lot of money. You should be able to watch the games and have something thoughtful to say about, hey, what happened? How does this happen? How does a team blow a three-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter? What occurred? And Rex Ryan should be able to say, well, there's a lot that goes into it. It's unacceptable. It's not okay. This can't occur. But be able to explain it with some amount of thought, not, this didn't happen when I was in charge. That's of no value to anyone. It's it's like comparing pitchers today to Jim Palmer. Those days are over. Pitchers aren't going to go nine innings every fifth day. It's never going to happen again. It is a worthless comparison I don't know why I let this one bother me so much it, it's just it comes off so and maybe it's because I, I want to like I really want to like Rex he's a likable personality the video of him talking about the, the hobo that came out over the sun was one like I, I, how do you not enjoy that but this is so blatant it's either personal or stupid. And yet we breathlessly share it out as if it's some sort of valuable commodity. Hey, it drives me nuts. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, it's been too long. My uh, my buddy Kevin Van Valkenburg is going to return to the program. He was in tune. He was watching the game on a Sunday. He's, in fact, done some Ravens tweeting with me this season, which is, which is odd for him. Um, we will see what our buddy from ESPN has to say about the Ravens' performance. We'll do it next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. 
That first bite. Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressbox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at pressbox sports come in for glory burgers glory wings there's glory for everyone at glory days grill enjoy their award-winning burgers ribs and wings or try the fresh salads hand-cut salmon or the scrumptious sandwiches yum come in for the daily specials every weekday like 7.99 burgers on mondays and 6.99 nachos on thursdays dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home that's glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you glory days grill great food good sport Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. Uh, coming up tonight, we will be at Skipjack's Crab Deck in Middle River. We want to see you there for the Tyus Bowser Show with Tyus and his special guest, Marlon Humphrey. Come join us tonight at 7. Probably want to get there a little bit early. There's probably going to be a crowd. I know we're disappointed about a Ravens loss, but shake it off. That's the way it goes. Come hang out with your favorite Ravens tonight at Skipjack's Crab Deck in Middle River for the Tyus Bowser Show, a partnership with Press Box and Great Eights Memorabilia, brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. You can find out more by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. The Tyus Bowser Show tonight. Reed and I will be there with Tyus and his special guest, Marlon Humphrey, 7 o'clock, Skipjack's Crab Deck in Middle River. Hope to see you there. Uh, it's been too long since we have hugged it out, so let's bring in our buddy from ESPN. He is the great Mr. Kevin Van Valkenburg, and he's back with us now here on GCR. What's going on, pal? How you doing? I am doing well. You're, you're having me dust off my uh, football hat. You, you get back into the. Wait a second. You've been, you have been tweeting about the Ravens these first couple of weeks. 
Yeah, I'm kind of as more of a fan, you know, you know or uh, just a fan of football. But uh, you're right, you're right. You know, know, we can't really ever change change our stripes. I I couldn't help but notice that, and I said, "Well, let's talk about it then." If Kevin's watching, I he's more intelligent than I am, so let's go there. Um, oh, nonsense! I I am really worked up about this, and I shouldn't be because okay. it's carnival barking, and I I don't watch these shows for a reason, and I I hate sharing it, and I I. I hate myself for the fact that I'm giving this this much attention. Um, but it's so breathless the way that this fan base has shared this clip of Rex Ryan. And in fact, it created this like very personal response from John Harbaugh at his press conference yesterday, which makes me think there's oh. something bigger going on here. Um, I, I think everything... Look, obviously the Ravens' defense stunk in the fourth quarter on Sunday. There's no getting around that. But every layer of what Rex said... In his, this thing on on ESPN, and I, boy, this might be awkward. I just realized I'm talking about a coworker. Um, <laughs> crap! <laughs> Damn it! Well, let's let's, let's let's run with it. All let's right, let's let's go with it anyway. Every every layer of this is at best disingenuous, and at worst, to me, something like trying to compare defense in the NFL. When when I was the coordinator, we would get a seven point lead, nothing would change because you were allowed to play defense at that point in the NFL. I, it befuddles me how this still comes up, and we're, I, I watch this game on Sunday, and I rail about their inability to run the ball, and I get this crap from people. Oh, the offense did everything they were supposed to do. They scored 38 points. Do you not understand? You're not allowed to play defense in this league anymore. You have to use a run game in order to play defense. That's the way it works. Yes, you are correct. The, the rules have changed a lot. Uh, now, I will say... You can play better defense than yes, the Ravens agree. Uh, and it's I think it's obvious that um, Kyle Hamilton is not quite ready in terms of like what they hoped he would be in terms of the ability to communicate and the ability to sort of recognize, not get sucked into certain things. And I think the way that they were, the DVs were like looking at him uh, during the game was kind of like, bro, like what are you doing? Like you obviously do not know like what's going on here and you know i think that look uh it's no secret that john and rex ryan have not a very warm relationship no. towards one another uh, uh you know that i mean <laughs> that's not conjecture that's something no, I, that, like, i've tried say, who has i really have already tried saying that three times I, i'm glad you're saying it because i've tried to like i'm stating it as fact and i'm sure somebody's like Oh, really? How's it? Fa- we all remember what happened the night they brought everybody in together for the 10th anniversary of the, the Super Bowl. Like, it was, mm-hmm. it was ugly. With, they let Rex speak, and they definitely regretted let, re- letting Rex speak. Um, it did not go well. The, the, and, and, I don't, yep. and I also don't know, because he also said, he said Mike McDonald is terrible. And I don't know if Mike McDonald is going to prove to be a good defensive coordinator in the NFL or not. I know one thing. It is asinine to say that about someone who has been a coordinator for two games in their career. And I, again, I don't know if Mike McDonald's a good defensive coordinator or not, but I know that it's abs- the height of abs- absurdity to say something like that also makes me wonder if there's something additional related to his brother not being back on the staff after last year. Look, I don't, I'm not going to sort of be critical of any you know, colleague who's offering takes on a show where you're supposed to offer takes, like it's supposed to be I... about debate. I just... I do think that it's probably, from my perspective, tough to judge a defense 
that has a lot of younger people in the secondary trying to figure things out or trying to, you know, get healthy. And I think that one thing that back when I used to talk with John regularly is he used to sort of say, you know, it's always tough in the beginning of the season to like figure out communication with defense with younger players. But I'll tell you what, like we'll be fine by game 10, 11, 12. We need to like figure out how to play better but they'll figure it out by the end of things and we'll be right there. And oftentimes, you know, I remember we had a conversation like privately where we said exactly that about a defense that looked like it sucked. And by the end of the year, like he was exactly right. Like the defense was a lot better. So, you know, the truth is, is that it's on the head coach of who he hires uh, as a defensive coordinator, defensive backs coach, but uh, he'll have to kind of, you know, decide, whether it's working out over the long term. Uh, but I think you got to give it, you know, some time. You got to give, I mean, look, like mine could be really good. Mike McDaniel is a really good coach and he can really create a lot of mismatches with as much speed as mine has. And so it was a little bit of a perfect storm. Like if, like if J.K. Dobbins is playing in this game and like, even if he's like 75, 80% healthy, I think they'd probably pick up a first down or two, and this is never really a game. But right now you're sort of seeing that the Ravens have the potential to be really good on offense, except the one thing that they cannot do is basically like run through A and B gap with like dives because they yep. just don't have that sort of inside explosiveness. And so much like the, I think the simplest way to like understand the Ravens offense is if that can happen, which it did, two years ago when Lamar won an MVP, they're really dynamic and almost impossible to stop. And if that doesn't happen, then they're kind of patching things together and asking Lamar to sort of play Superman to be good, not great. Like, and, and so it, I just think that so much of Roman's offense is predicated on this idea of like, Hey, first of all, you got to stop us like up the middle. And if you can't do that, we're going to run all over you. Because mm -hmm. then sometimes we're going to pull it, and then we're going to dump it over the top, and we're going to run around the edge. Or sometimes we're going to turn up the middle or whatever. And you can see where Miami, you know, on the one sort of, like, QB kind of option read keeper, Lamar shot that gap and was gone. And that was like, oh, man, this is like, looks like it's like two years ago again. Uh, but it's just, it's not going to be that way until they figure out how to open up those, you know, inside gaps. And that's a, you know... That's a flaw, but also, you know, sometimes you lose a fluky game and, you know, I mean, I, I think yeah. they might, they could lose to New England. I don't think New England's that good, but they could. And all of a sudden, you know, people would be panicking. But I still think, like, as long as they stay healthy and kind of get healthier and figure some things out, they'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it would be really bad because they have Buffalo and Cincinnati the two weeks after that. I mean, it, 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 you could set yourself up for what could be an unpleasant stretch. I mean, Kevin Van Valkenburg is with us on GCR. Kevin, what you're alluding to is what admittedly I'm struggling with, which is my nature is to say this is one game early in a football season, and this is a bizarre league, man. Like, I, I we're... We're reacting to the fact that no team ever blows a three-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter, but I've seen enough crazy things in the NFL for me to think it's actually going to probably happen again at some point this season, the next season, something like that. I mean, it's just the league is nuts. But I'm, I am kind of conflating that with, but no matter who's out there, they should be able to run the ball at least a little bit. Um, 
no no matter what you're dealing with, you shouldn't be. This was arena football on on Sunday in the fourth quarter. Like I get their young players out there, and I get that you're depleted in the edge rush, but this at times was it was embarrassing, and I'm really struggling with. Hey, it's just one game. Don't overreact to it. Versus, yeah, but this doesn't happen in the NFL this much. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we don't know how like this NFL season is gonna sort of unfold right like sometimes teams that you think are going to be great are not and sometimes it's the opposite and so kind of the rhythm of the season usually takes like a month or six weeks to sort of you know play out and you know the Ravens are going to have to figure out how to run the ball a little bit better because they they aren't going to be like super strong in on the back end it just doesn't seem like you know they're going to take some risks and you know they're going to pick off some passes but like you're right. This isn't 2001 through 2006. Like they're just not going to be able to like shut teams down, mm-hmm. especially if they sort of, you know, uh, are figuring out their personnel and they just, I don't know. They don't have like the same kind of playmakers at linebacker that they used to. And it's just, again, the rules have changed enough to where it just doesn't work that way. I, I you know, who knows? I mean, that's kind of the joy of watching football is right. Is that, like, truly you can go broke over and over again betting on right. winners or whatever like the right. favorites so you just don't possibly know what a season is going to look like until it plays out but i i mean i i think like guess what john harbaugh has a pretty good track record of like putting together winning football teams and some other people don't who have you know that's maybe why they're in media now so hmm. i guess i would hmm. sort of hmm. say i think you got to trust the guy who's still uh, in his job and has Showing that he knows how to put together a pretty good staff. You brought up Kyle Hamilton, and Tyler Linderbaum has not looked good either. Not that the snap was on him on Sunday, but you know he just—he's not getting pushed. Um, you know, I—I I think that at some point there is the the question comes back up of outside of Lamar Jackson, which of course is a, a monstrous hit, but again, technically was still in the Newsome era. Had, uh, do the Ravens have a drafting problem? And I'm not trying, again, it's unfair. This is like, you know, saying that Mike McDonald's terrible after two games. I'm not saying that Kyle Hamilton won't prove to be a football player, that, you know, Tyler Linderbaum won't prove to be a football player. It's just something that I got to kind of file away in looking at how much credit we continuously give the Ravens for, you know, they're, they're zigging when other teams are zagging and they're seeing that teams are devaluing safety. I, I don't know, man. Like, what, what did they have to show for the zig versus zag other than, again, the, the, a hell of a quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I, what I would say first off, though, is, like, the hell of a quarterback thing is the most important thing. No question. Right. Like, no question. A, it's, it's one through ten in, like, how to build a good NFL team. So you get a little leeway in that. And also, like, I just don't – I think it's really – you have to be able to give some younger players some time. I mean, everybody thought that both – Lindham and Kyle Amazon were like great picks and you know two games doesn't really change that so you got to sort of tell yourself like hey you know some guys are going to take it a little bit I I think it's fairer to sort of judge like a Patrick Queen who I don't think is particularly good Mm -hmm. uh, but and I think like pro football focus sort of analysis backs that up Uh, there's a lot other people who you know disagree and think like oh well you know he's doing what the coaches do i mean i think he runs around a lot of blocks i think he gets out of position a lot 
that's a more fair, I think, analysis because he's had you know three, three years in the league, right? And I and I'm so. more and it's obviously the 2019 draft comes off as being disastrous, and you know Hollywood Brown, and it's unfair to you know I, I the tragedy with Jalen Ferguson, but he wasn't playing good football even before then, and then Miles Boykin mm-hmm. like. It, it it's just starting to be that there's kind of things are stockpiling and there's maybe a little bit more microscope. To be fair, of course, Rashad Bateman really does look like a quality football player, so there is something to be said yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I, let let me I, to me, dude. The Lamar Jackson convert of all the topics that you and I discussed over the years, mm-hmm. I don't think there's been a more compelling. Not the nonsense of it, not the idiocy of the criticism he faced. That's not compelling. That's just stupid. I mean the actual nuts and bolts of a man wanting a fully guaranteed contract, perhaps being worth it, a team not wanting to give it to him, and in fairness probably fighting on behalf of the rest of the league in not wanting to give it to him. I I think this is the most compelling storyline I've ever come across in this city in in talking about something. It's not, you know, it's it's not on the field. It's I don't know what you do here. I don't know how this plays out. It's easy for me to say, well, ultimately you have to bend or you all. I, I just, I get it. I get why it is the Ravens are saying, hey, we, we can't just do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's. How do you tell Lamar Jackson, like, dude, we love you, but like, we can't emulate Cleveland, which has been a dumpster fire of an organization for a long time. Like, it's just not there so outside the bounds of like what's normal in the league like we're happy to pay you more money than kyler murray we're happy to pay you more money than you know or at least equal to like a josh mahomes or excuse me Patrick mahomes or josh allen or whatever but like we can't put ourselves in a position where we're guaranteeing 250 million dollars uh and maybe lamar just didn't care i mean lamar always strikes me as someone who's just like ah man like it'll just it'll work itself out well i'll be fine like he's he's obviously person of conviction and sort of dug in on this. And you know, I, I kind of wonder if like, you know, the, the, the disastrous kind of scenario is like, he plays great for 11 games and then like gets a devastating knee injury mm-hmm. and like never is the same guy again. And the Ravens had to walk away from it and him. And it's like, Oh man, like what could have been, you know, he cost himself all that money or whatever. But like maybe the m- more realistic scenario is like, they just kind of are at a perennial stalemate and the Ravens franchise tag him and he you know does the Kirk Cousins thing where he plays a year for 40 some million dollars and they franchise tag him again and he plays for 50 million dollars in one year or whatever and eventually like the Ravens have to either decide like yo like we, we either do have to bend to his wishes and give him a guaranteed deal deal or we have to kind of explore trading him and see what that's like because we can't carry a $50 million cap hit every single year or whatever for two more years. And a lot of it depends on probably how good the Ravens are. You know, it's like they, they won't, didn't want to pay Joe and Joe proved it like, Hey, you got to pay me when you want a Super Bowl, And so they did. And you know, and that contract didn't look great in the long run, but they kind of had to do it. And so I don't know. I mean, that those are, I don't think there's a scenario where like it reaches game eight and he's playing so great all of a sudden, like Eric's like, you know what? We went and signed him for two fifty. Like, right. You know, that's just not how it's going to work. Uh, and which is sad in the sense of like him either potentially leaving someday or potentially getting hurt, and never getting that big payday. But I think for the most part, like th- I think thankfully, if you're a Ravens fan, 
he's not like he's going to sort of pout his way through the season, which is like a lot of people do. Like he's just going to basically go, all right, I'm going to ball out and it's going to work itself out. And, you know, that's a reassuring right for the for the meantime i agree with you in the the moment it's it's not all that much but i don't know it's that sneaking thing i I talked about it when you know manny machado was in baltimore where you're like yeah i can enjoy this but like you can say enjoy the ride but man what happens if the the ride you know falls off the track at the end right like i it doesn't mean i don't enjoy all the the hills and the the spins and all that sort of stuff but like i'd like to know that it's it's not going to fall off. It's it's just a weird sort of feeling that exists here. And to your point, I, the other thing that that strikes me is, I, I if you're Lamar Jackson and you're going through all of this, like if you know there's another team that's willing to give you a fully guaranteed deal, then this makes sense, yeah. right? Like it makes sense that you'd say, hey, look, I'm not going to sign for anything other than a fully guaranteed deal because. You know, the the Dolphins told me, and, you know, there's maybe some irony there, and all of a sudden Tua looking like a, a world beater. Um, but, like, the Dolphins told me if I got the free agency, I would have a fully guaranteed deal waiting. And if there is, then why wouldn't the Ravens then say, well, hell, if somebody else is willing to give it to them, then why are we fighting so much about this? Why wouldn't we just go ahead and give the guy the contract? It. Everything about this, and, and the idea that maybe he's fighting for the NFLPA, that it's a little bit about himself, it's way more about... We all want guaranteed contracts. I'm the guy that doesn't have an agent, so I'm willing to be the one to fight about it because I don't have someone trying to pressure me into getting a deal done. Like every layer of this dude is so fascinating. I think too, like we may be in the sort of midst of a sea of change of right. Like we may look back in ten years and be like, Of course, like they should have given him a guaranteed deal because like now everybody gets That's the way it goes, right? So you know, that we happen to just be living through a time when, like, what seemed absurd was actually, like, the Browns, you know, changing the way that football was structured entirely. And so, you know, I mean, I think, like, think about when, like, Alex Rodriguez got, you know, $250 million from the Texas Rangers. Like, four years later, it seemed like a mistake. But now, like, paying $250 million for someone is in baseball who has like in the prime of their career would be like an absolute steal. And no one would be, no one would say, Oh my God, the Yankees overpaid for Aaron judge. If, when they gave him $300 million, they'd be like, no, that's exactly what, you know, that's a, that's a steal because you know, they should have, you know, they should have done that a long time ago. And so it's just like the things that continued to evolve in sports. It's never, you know, going to sit around and be what it was like when you're, a kid and when you first fell in love with sports, but so many people kind of hold on to those perceptions and ideas. And so it's like, Oh God, footballers shouldn't get guaranteed money. Well, right. maybe they should, you know, maybe like Lamar Jackson, I, I don't know that he sees himself this way, but maybe he does seem, seem like, yo, I'm going to change the way that this works because I think that this is the one time in my life when I have maximum leverage. And by the way, I, I don't, I keep hearing from Ravens fans who are like, "Hey, man, I'd pay him forty million dollars. I wouldn't pay him fifty. What is what is your alternative? Like, what is it? <laughs> like, we keep saying, I like, do love- like, you just you play Tyler Huntley. Is like, like that's the the world yeah. that you envision here. <laughs> well, also those things are always so funny because like, are everyone acts like they're like a salary cap expert? Like, oh, right. forty million is like right. fifty million. Like, we'll never be able to afford a backup tackle. If that's like, you haven't done the actual calculation of it. Correct. Like if the Packers can pay Aaron Rodgers 47, 48 million and still have offered Devonte Adams, like a contract that he passed up on, then hundred percent, like the Ravens could figure out a way to do this. And the, the, I guess the blessing of having Lamar 
is that he makes up for things in other areas. Like you don't necessarily have to have, you know, like a truly like a receiver that you're overpaying a shit son and stuff. And so I think, you know, that's the way if I was a fan, I'd be like, yo, it's not my money. Just pay the man. Like, I don't, I don't want to watch. I remember what Ravens football was like before Lamar was here and it sucked and it was boring and it was like just, just drained the That's life awful. out of me and we God. and we were in in contention for a playoff spot in the last game of the year we're about to go 10 and 6 and we couldn't even fill the stadium right like it was they were people leaving in droves because they were like I just cannot do this anymore and that's where like I that's a dark ages that I don't think anybody should want to go back to is just be like yo just pay the guy and then let's let's figure it out from there because you know, I, I just don't, if you have a truly great quarterback, maybe Lamar needs this whole year to sort of like cement himself in that status. It doesn't really matter what they're getting paid. It, Correct. You know, you figure out ways to put other pieces around them. Yeah. And no fan is like smart enough to, you know, understand the intricacies of a uh, salary cap and all the sort of ways to kind of defer money or to move things around or, or equate stuff to a, an immediate bonus so that, you know, they can sign X person. Like you cannot win in the NFL without a great quarterback. You cannot do it. It's not that era anymore. Jeff Hodsiller and Trent Dilfer are not walking through that door to win you a Super Bowl anymore. So you have to have like a truly great athlete, especially in the AFC. So Lamar's your guy. Figure out a way to to do it. At, whether it's the end of the season or whatever, and just move forward with it. And you because you'll be so much better off then blowing it up and starting from scratch and trying to figure out, okay, can we luck ourselves into another like 23 year old, most valuable player Correct. who we have five years to, I mean, you know, the, they should, the one thing they should be kind of blaming themselves on is that they burned five years of essentially rookie contract. You know, this is the last year where he's playing under his rookie deal. And so you've had a ton of roster flexibility. If you, yeah. If you, you wanted know, to that, do the, the all in thing, if you wanted to do what it looks like the Eagles have done, right? Like you could have yeah. been that team. Yep. not the case or the Rams you know the sure. Rams yep. went all in on everything and yep. blew up draft picks and they won a Super Bowl you wouldn't make that trade of course you would course. Any, any team in the NFL would make that trade of course uh, hey man I am all for you finding out more stories about high level athletes that are fascinated in um, becoming morticians I just want you to know that like the more <laughs> of those stories you can come up with the I will read every single one and that's, a, that's a promise to me <laughs> that that, that was, was a fun one. That, that was yeah. awesome. That was awesome, yeah. man. You should tell the listeners what you're talking about. Sylvia Fowles, um, who is retiring um, after this season from WNBA, um, and has is, is been just an icon uh, in that sport. It, if you've not read Kevin's story, go search. You can just search Kevin Van Valkenburg, Sylvia Fowles. It will blow your mind. <laughs> like, I am so. I don't know. Like, was this out there in any way before? Like, I, that's I guess the part of it that I don't I don't know is like, I, you know, I don't know if somebody tipped you off or how you came across. That, that to me is, it's gold. <laughs> like, it's just so yeah. it's so incredible. Um, it, it had been out, out there a little bit. She had mentioned it in some interviews, and that um, Sports Illustrated had written a, okay. a decent um, thing about it uh, a few years ago. Um, but you know, she really uh, was willing to kind of open up about some of the details of it and some of like her own mental health stuff. And yep, yep. so I think yeah, they say that like every great feature writer is someone who like sees a kernel of an idea and like turns it into popcorn. And like, so that was probably like what I kind of would like to believe. It's like, Oh, I saw this and I was like, I, I think I could 
do this, uh, you know, on my own version of this. Um, and Sylvia was just great. She was super it's so cool, uh, fun, and you know, throwing out hugs and stuff at the at the end of the interview, just asking me about my own kids and stuff. Like really, a really nice person. She would, uh, if I remember, do I remember her saying that I? She does. She does, she liked to play funeral. Is that? I'm trying to remember exactly what the line. Like I feel like there was a line in there where she yeah. was like, as a kid, she liked to play funeral, and I was like, wow. So that mom, I I don't want to play tag. I just want I to want play to play funeral. funeral. She would give, that's Give her stuffed animals a little fake. Uh, that is that is wild, man. Uh, you know me; I like to, to delve into these things that are like not sports. Oh no doubt, no doubt. That's that's. By the way, it's what I I would prefer to do. That I would just for, I'm just not as skilled as Kevin Van Valkenburg. Uh, at K Van Valkenburg on Twitter is of course how you follow him. Love you, buddy. Uh, let's get together soon. Thank yeah, you for buddy. doing this. Sounds good, bud. You bet. All right, Kevin Van Valkenburg from ESPN checking in with us here on GCR. Um, if you have not picked up the print issue of Pressbox, you need to go do that. Mark Andrews is on the cover, Larger Than Life. Great cover story from our Bo Smoka about uh, his unlikely path to NFL superstardom. Go pick it up today for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. We'll come in, tidbit tubular quickly, and then uh, Simply the Bets. That's on the way, Glenn Clark Radio. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fendel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. The Maryland Lottery presents Ravens Greatest Plays. 2021, the game on the line. With three seconds left, the Ravens connect on an impossibly long 66-yard field goal to beat Detroit. The longest field goal in history. 
Another great Ravens play belongs to Touchdown Joe from Silver Spring. Joe scratched a Ravens scratch-off and won a top prize of $100,000. You could be next. Play Ravens scratch-offs to win instant cash or enter to win great second-chance prizes. Please play responsibly. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone from novices to grill masters to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. Constructed out of thick ceramic, the Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at Ginsu. GinsuGrills.com. That's GinsuGrills.com. Join Glenn at halftime of every Ravens game for the Project Game Day Halftime Show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. We apologize in advance. There's not much we can do about his face. All right, we got to go through this quickly. MC Ernest is here. Um, uh, Mikey, you ha- are getting, we're getting content back rolling on TikTok, correct? Yes, sir. I like that. At Glenn Clark Radio is where you follow. And we're going to start the, uh, we'll try to get some more stuff back on the show Instagram page as well, Glenn Clark Radio. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. I apologize. We, uh, but Micah is here, MC Ernest, and he's going to try to help us out with that fresh off uh, getting the tan in California. Uh, where he spent the weekend <laughs> must be real tough life uh, flying out to California for the weekend. Yeah, it, was, just, it was hard going to Huntington yeah, Beach every I, day. I bet, I bet it was just pure hell for sitting you. Sitting on the beach at the pier. God, man, rough. Student athletes have it awful. Like just really have it awful. Uh, he was out there playing volleyball. For the record, that's uh, that's what they do. Uh, they go play wherever they can get the games. They go play. So, um, uh, and Micah is uh, loading up our uh, our Instagram. I did want you to. Mm, I'm going to have you sit over there during uh, simply the bets. Because I do want to see if you can run the board on Friday, if possible. Or at least know if you're comfortable with the idea after the end of the show. We'll revisit that then. And then we'll do Young Utes on Friday, I guess. It's going to be tough because he only, he's only in for... He comes in late on Tuesdays because he goes to class. <laughs> the hell is that all about? What do you even do there? I don't know. That, that's, Not much. It's like, I have to stay eligible to be able to play <laughs> volleyball. Like, okay, dude. Weirdo. Um, so we'll try it on Friday. We'll try Young Utes on Friday. All right. Thank you for your hard work. Appreciate it. Thank you for your service. Uh, today's show also brought to you by Your Neighborhood Glory Days Grill, where the Oktoberfest menu is available right now. The Brewer's Sausage Platter, the Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, as well as the Bavarian Burger on the Pretzel Bun, the Chicken Schnitzel, the Cheddar Ale Soup. The pretz, I can Ooh. sing about it. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. soup is. Uh, the soup is because it's I so mean. Like, you could just eat the soup, right? right? Like, especially as we know, like, fall is actually starting this week. So it will, I believe it or not, it will start to cool off a little bit. There have been a few nights recently where you've yeah. gotten the reminder of, like, oh, right, fall's coming. So we know it's coming and it's going to cool just a little bit. And then you might want to go in and you might want to enjoy a nice bowl of soup. But I would also encourage you to just order the pretzels Ooh. and then have the soup there to dip. The pretzels in. Quite the play. I think Quite that's the, the way play. to go. That's the Quite way to go. Play. Glorydaysgrill.com is the website to get your order in. Um, tidbit, is it pressing? Do we need to do it? Um, I, I got can one like quick one. Can we do it, like, quick we do it quickly? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it quickly. Um, all right. So uh, this one is from uh, Jeremy Frank. It's not really a question. I'm just going to read off the oh, stat. All right, then. Uh, from uh, on, I MLB should, I Random I say that Tidbit is brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado okay. Grill. Uh, with the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all kinds of food. Get the details. Reserve yours today. Ginsugrills.com. But yes, uh, MLB Random Stats on Twitter. Uh, so he sent out uh, this morning, every player who has pitched for the Astros this year besides Ronel Blanco and Pedro Baez has an ERA under 4.0. 
So those two have been responsible for about eight innings of Must be nice. of, of work it, for the it, Astros. It was awkward. Like I saw Trey smiling in the pictures last night as they clinched, and you're like, <sighs> I want to be happy for Trey. And maybe if the Orioles stunk this year, I would be able to be happy for Trey. Right. Like it, it it was conflicting. I have to be on. It was conflicting feeling that as the Orioles were getting their brains oh beat in <laughs> by the Detroit Tigers and seeing their playoff that hopes was, expire. That was tough. Um, but, yeah, so that means that 99.3% of their innings pitched have come from sub-4.0 ERA pitchers. That must be nice. The, there is only one team not, to not finish. The Orioles pitching has been bad. Right. But, yeah. There's one team to finish uh, a year with a higher percentage. That was the 1979 Orioles. Ah, 100% sense. of their it innings does, pitched that came does, from. I mean, but that, again, there wasn't really a bullpen at yeah. that point. It was just go nine innings. That's what we talked about earlier. Um, but yeah, so those uh, th- those were the Orioles that blew a three-one lead to the Pirates in nineteen. Thank you, thank you yeah. for that <laughs> reminder. But yeah, interesting tidbit, Orioles related. So yeah, sort sort of sort of a hundred percent. All right, Tubular is brought to you by the Maryland Five Star. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October thirteenth through sixteenth in Cecil County. Uh, Orioles will play again tonight for. Because that's the them's the rules. Austin Voth and uh, Joey Wentz as they play game two against the Tigers, seven on Mass and two. Maryland soccer is on Big Ten Network tonight, seven o'clock against Penn State. Loyola's at Princeton at seven on ESPN Plus. UMBC's at St. Joseph's at seven as well. Mass and Nationals Braves at seven twenty. Guardians White Sox at eight on MLB Network. TBS Mets Brewers at seven thirty. USA Network for WWE NXT at eight. Anything non sports? Uh, there's a seventeen year old that's making his uh, he's fighting on the Dana White's Contender Series, okay. which is pretty cool. Um, um, the Bachelorette season Griffin. finale and uh, that reboot show that with Johnny Knoxville and Keegan Michael Key that's uh, on Hulu tonight. I feel like there today. was there was something that and I then, watched. I gave it. Well, gave this a, is a, this isn't like tubular. I'm not sure, yeah. but the uh, the serial podcast they released. Like, oh, a, right, a, they did an, an episode. Update, yeah, you should put that episode. on there. You yeah. should put on that on so there for the sure. Obviously, side. it's a huge story locally. I just yeah. it's not sports. So, so I got I I got to listen to the new episode because I'm. Um, I watched the new Fletch movie, which means nothing to you guys whatsoever. But Fletch was a series starring Chevy Chase years ago, and they rebooted it with John Hamm now being Fletch. And I'm a John Hamm guy, so this is right up my alley. So you love those progressive commercials. I don't hate them. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. I don't hate them. They suck. He's made some interesting choices of movies he's, he's appeared in, but I still like... Dude, him and Michael Buble doing Ham and Buble on SNL a few years ago is one of... Like, I Just thinking about it makes me smile. Um, I love me some John Hamm. I didn't know how I felt about this. It's good. I don't know that it's a Fletch movie. I think it could have just been its own thing, and I would have been like, this was a fun flick. Um, I, I, I figured I would hate it. I didn't hate it. It's called Confess Fletch is the name of the movie. New Fletch movie starring John Hamm. Again, it's for me. It's not for everybody. It's got other people that you would like Roy Woods in it. Uh, who else is in that? Uh, God, I don't remember who else is in it now off the top of my head. It's a good flick. Someone who looks like Cecily Strong, but is definitely not Cecily Strong. I don't know who she is, but she's not Cecily Strong. I would encourage you. It's, it's worth the look. Um, if you get the chance. It's also in theaters, but you can uh, rent it on uh, Amazon and uh, check it out there. All right, thanks today to Kevin Van Valkenburg. Thanks also to um, Joe Serpico as well as to Jonas Schaefer. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the tab at com. Don't forget, tonight, the Tyus Bowser Show, 7 o'clock. Tyus and Marlon Humphrey, Skip Jack's Crab Deck in Middle River. We'll listen to segment one tomorrow. Uh, I guess Drew will join us tomorrow. Anything, like, legitimate tomorrow? 
Um, stuff and thing. Oh boy, oh boy, we gotta we gotta step our game up. We gotta we gotta turn this week around, baby. That's what we gotta do. All right, thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Maryland Lottery, Guilford Hall Brewery, the Great Eights Memorabilia, the Baltimore Police Department, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Hey, uh, uh, MC Ernest, where are you on socials? Uh, do you need, I need a mic? Yeah. At Micah.Ernest on Instagram. Okay, give him a follow there. Follow Griffin, uh, thanks to him, at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go Birds, sure. Duke sucks, Ohio State sucks too. If you're with us on video, give us a minute. If you're with us on audio, do nothing. Simply the Bets is next. Welcome into Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Glenn Clark, Griffin Bass, MC Ernest. In just a second, Aaron Oster will check in from Vegas, get his five L's for the week. And then later in the show, we will head to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, chat with our buddy Leon Twyman, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook. He'll tell you how you can get some free bet action. Well, you bet on football all throughout the week. The single best place to be to watch and bet on every major sporting event, including football Saturdays and Sundays, is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. If you're like me, you had a decent week. Decent. Not... I didn't make bank, but I... It was more wins than losses for your pal Glenn this week, although... <clears throat> I have not forgiven Nick Chubb yet, nor do I plan to, you son of a bitch. Sorry, that's I shouldn't say that. Still.
still. What if he's a Raven one day? I know, right? <laughs> Kareem Hunt, too, by the way. Maybe the Ravens should trade for Kareem Hunt so he could not go out of bounds. Mm. Joining us now from uh, Visa out in Vegas. He has our buddy Aaron Oster. Aaron, did you have any action on the uh, the Jets Browns game on Sunday? I I did not, and I'm I'm really glad I didn't. God. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? <laughs> I can because I lost. Now this is the different. The, I did not know what had happened because of course I do the uh, the Ravens post game show for 105.7 The Fan. So I'm so glued in on what's going on with the Ravens game that I'm not really paying attention. Like all of a sudden we have a. Um, one of the guys who works on the show is a Jets fan, and all of a sudden I see him freaking out. I did not know the extent of what had occurred. Thank God. If I had been watching that live, I might have jumped. Like, I might have jumped off a bridge. I cannot believe that that would occur, but such is life. We live, we learn, we move on. That's the way that it goes. Uh, Aaron, a week ago, eh, not, not a lot better. Not a lot better. Um, you got one. Your local bet, you got that. The over in the Ravens Dolphins game, nailed that. Yeah, got that. No sweat at all. Comfortably, yes, you got that one. Uh, I teaser didn't go quite as well. (laughs) I'm uh, I'm quite angry at you because I let you talk me into the long shot. I let you talk me into betting Nebraska to cover. I hate you so much. Mm. I hate you. (laughs) I hate you. I hate you vociferously because that was one of my losses this week. Um, yeah, your teaser, your love, I. That was a bold. It was bold to go with the teaser for your love bet when like that's the one that's supposed to always hit. That's supposed to be your yep. your lock. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It didn't quite go that way. Nah. The uh, remember we talked a few uh, a few months ago about how man it looks like the Bengals are getting their own line problems together. Yeah, the thing about that yeah. is they're on track to let Joe Burrow get sacked 111 times this season. They, they might somehow be worse than last. Year. I, it's un. Unbelievable, isn't it? Um, the only good news, and it's sad good news, is that you also had a uh, a previous loser bet that basically has been clinched. Um, uh, it was reminding me that you did give out Trey Lance MVP odds as a loser <laughs> yeah. bet at forty to one a few weeks back. Uh, not a few weeks on May twenty fourth, you gave us that bet, and uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, unfortunate for Trey, but uh, good news if you did not make that bet. Uh, you don't have to there worry about that. You got that going for you. All right, new week. We try again. Five L's of betting from Aaron this week. We begin locally. What do you like? Um, I'm going to keep this one really, really simple this week, and that's uh, I'm taking Ravens minus the three. Um, Whoa! I'm the Patriots. Yeah. I, hey, I'm uh, hey the Aaron, Patriots. Are, are you aware the Ravens have never won a regular season game in Foxborough? I, I have you realized that the. Patriots haven't been like this over the yes, past twenty years. Well, I mean, they, they were the last time. The last time the Ravens played the Patriots in Foxborough, Cam Newton was the quarterback. Well, okay, and the so Ravens it still might be lost. Okay, so if it's one of those things, it's one of those things. I'm I'm going to just say I don't think the Patriots are very good at this whole football thing this season, especially offensively, and I think that. Uh, you know, even with all the injuries to the Ravens, I think the main way you're going to beat the Ravens this season is with offense. And the Patriots don't have offense. I think they were lucky to beat the Steelers uh, this past week. Obviously, they beat the Dolphins. They only held the Dolphins to 20 points. So we may have to go revisit that at mm. some point uh, mm. in the next few weeks. Mm. But um, I, I do think the Ravens are better. I do think that the Patriots aren't going to have the firepower to keep up with the Ravens. 
And I do think that, um, you know, even though it is in Foxborough, I, I think the Ravens can come three. I, I think you're right, but part of that is predicated on the idea that, like, they're going to need to get Gus Edwards, or it's not Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins back at some point. If they mm-hmm. can't run the ball, and they can't run the ball, I don't know that I can feel comfortable betting the Ravens against much of anyone. Like, until I see Gus... I keep saying Gus Edwards. It'd be nice to have Gus Edwards back, too, for the record. Let me make that clear. He's good, too. Yes, I like I'd him, like to also way. have Gus Edwards. But until they've got J.K. Dobbins back out on the field, and until I see that they figured out that they can run the ball, I don't know, man. It is just a tough thing at the moment. Like, that... Yeah. They, they, scored, they scored 38 points, but they couldn't... They, they lost time of possession... 10 minutes by 10 uh, again this, minutes, as, Aaron. as much as anything this is this is a fade of the patriots as much I as it's endorsement you. of the ravens I hear you. uh since you're not doing it as your local bet what do you make of the way the money has moved on the maryland game um it surprises me yeah. uh so if, if again it depends where you're looking at the opener um, but it opened, at least in Vegas, the, the place that opens up first is at the Circa. It opened at 20. It's down to 16 right now. All the money's coming in on Maryland. And doesn't this just kind of have the feeling of that game? People, the betters are always expecting it to be close, and then it's a blowout. Like, Maryland has one of those every single year. And, yes, I, I'm not necessarily against playing Michigan minus 16 or minus 16 and a half yes. if you uh, have that. I, I hate I hate saying that, but that's my exact feeling at the moment. The number is at FanDuel uh, 16 and a half for Michigan. And uh, if I'm being honest with you, look, man, I, I like Maryland mm-hmm. against SMU last week, despite the fact that they are very undisciplined. I still like them, but my God, it somehow got worse, their penalty problem. <laughs> like, yeah. it's They took points off the board. Just in dumb ways, and I like Jay Sean Jones. I don't want to. I don't want to beat him up. But like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> like, what in the world is going on? So yeah, I uh, I don't I don't love that number. I I I probably bet Michigan. All right, this uh, literally happens every year to Maryland. By the way, there's one oh, yeah. game where oh, the yeah. betters, because of the numbers, line it up, and then Maryland becomes Maryland. Yeah. And- yeah, this they, is probably they, that game. They see that Maryland's three and zero, coming off a win over a good team. They, you know, they, good offense, good analytics. It's a big number. It's all of it. You know, like let's let's ride with Maryland. Yeah, I don't, I don't love it. All right, uh, let's get to your long term. Give me your futures bets. Uh, FanDuel just put up an option in college football that I mm. like. It uh, it has a to make the college football playoff bet, and it allows you to parlay it. So look from the over the past few months every time we've talked about it we've kind of been saying look there's three teams that are probably in we're just talking about the fourth spot here so if you're allowed to parlay all of those together why not parlay alabama georgia and ohio state together that makes it basically even money at minus 108 um who's not making it out of those three i mean the only argument would be could ohio state end up losing to michigan right like that's the only real now with the game being in columbus you don't feel like they will but that's and that's essentially what you're betting there, right? Is does Ohio State beat Michigan? Sure. And I can get minus 108 on Ohio State beating Michigan? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's I, look, yeah. I, I'm not going to argue with you. All that, everything about it is fair. I guess maybe we still have to throw the, the Kentucky conundrum into there, right? Like, with Georgia having to go no, to... I, I, I th- sure, but they could lose to Kentucky and still 
make it like a, a one loss SEC. They team. they would, but the scenario where both they and Alabama. Now you start getting specific, right? Like Kentucky has to lose multiple games. So if, okay, oh, oh I, I see what you're saying. Right, yeah. like yeah. in the scenario that you're the very specific scenario that you're talking about. Where if Georgia were to lose to Kentucky, involves Kentucky losing multiple SEC games, which I don't I don't know who else is on Kentucky's schedule. So you might say to me, like, do they play Alabama? I don't think they play Alabama, but I I do think you know, Kentucky's good. I like Kentucky. Right. There's absolutely a world where they could. Oh, I I I understand. Game. Oh, I well they got to lose two. Remember, we we got to find we got to find. Right. Well, I'm say I'm saying the SEC championship. Well, so you're I mean, saying you could, wait, you wait, could, wait, you're saying you could Georgia, I'll, I'll Georgia loses to Kentucky, misses the SEC championship game, and, and you still put it, Georgia well, in when Kentucky loses to Alabama in the SEC championship game. Okay, we've seen it before. Okay, I All mean, right. there, there's that path. It, there's multiple paths, but yeah. By the way, they're at Ole Miss this week. That's not a gimme. Like that is right. definitely not for, for Kentucky. Is what we're talking about. But yes, um, we're talking basically. We're betting some very specific games. Is what we're talking about. So, you know. Um, um, I, I, I know you don't normally like that type of bet, but yeah, I money hear, is money. I hear you. I hear you. Those are three teams we all believe. Like we all believe that those teams are are teams that should make it. I I'm with you. All right. Uh, next, next, let's go to long shot. What's the underdog that you love? Um, you know, I'm I'm still going through the awards markets. They're incredibly volatile right now is with every game you know we're getting new favorites in every market and players going up players going down and um, there's one player who's on a what appears to be a pretty high powered offense for the first two weeks doing pretty well and he has still 75 to 1 to win offensive player of the year and that's uh aj brown on the eagles aj brown right now sixth in uh the nfl in receiving yards He's uh, 224. He seems to be Jalen Hurts' favorite target, and they're letting Jalen Hurts throw the ball, as we've been seeing over the past two weeks. He's 75 to 1 right now. And, and, I mean, the knock against Jalen Hurts, or A.J. Brown, is that Jalen Hurts is going to be running the ball from 30 yards out and getting touchdowns. They're going to be running the ball in to get touchdowns right now. He doesn't have a touchdown, and that's the real knock against him. If that changes, though, and he starts getting touchdowns, he's going to be among the league leaders in receiving yards. So at 75-1 to 1 on an offense where you're going to be trying to, you know, when voters come around to it, I think we're going to be trying to reward that offense because it is going to be such a big change. Again, long shot, 75-1. to 1. Mm. I don't hate it. Mm. Mm. It's a hell of a long shot. It's yeah. a hell of a long shot. Um, I don't – do I hate it? Yeah, I mean, like, boy. Um. You know what? We're just going to say fine, and I'm going to move on because I don't know. I got to think look, about I, that. Go ahead. Again, it, the, I mean, look, the reasons against it are obvious. Um, as good as A.J. Brown is, yep. that offense isn't so high powered that he, he probably won't be leading the league in receiving, and it'll be tough to win it if he doesn't win. But again, it, like, it does look like he is the favorite target of Jalen Hurts. Yes, it does. Is it possible that he leads the league in receiving? It's possible. It's yeah. not completely ridiculous. I mean, again, Right now, Stefan Diggs or Justin Jefferson mm. or Cooper Cup are the favorites for the mm. reason. But again, you tell me there's a 75 to 1 chance no, of the league in the season? I get it. Yeah. I get it. I, I understand what you're saying, and I'm there's there's something there. I will give you that much. There is something there. All right. Uh, let's keep mm-hmm. moving. Uh, the, the, Aaron Oster is with us from Visa and out in Vegas. 
Give me your uh, your loser. Give me the one that you say, whatever you do, like Trey Lance's MVP, just please do not make this bet. You're going to end up regretting it. Well, it's funny you bring up the Trey Lance MVP and that being a loser. Because um, FanDuel's overreacting again to something. Right now on FanDuel, you look at the MVP market, Jimmy G is the 14th favorite at 39-1. to 1. Wow. He's moved all the way from 150 to 1 to 39 to 1 just by getting into the game. Okay. I'd like, favorite. I'd like to hope no one's actually making this bet anyway. I'd like to hope that, like, even I, though it I, exists, I, it's not a bet somebody's actually making. I mean, I, I hope. I, I'm, look, because no other book has made a move this dramatic. So he's moved up a little bit at, at some other books 100 to 1, 80 to 1, something along those lines at other books. The fact that he's moved to 39 to 1 at FanDuel. Makes me think that there are people playing it, and and hopefully that just means they got it in that one fifty to one where it was this weekend before he got into the game. Um, I, I still don't think he can win it, but whatever, you get it at one fifty to one. I'm, I'm never going to criticize a one fifty to one bet. Um, yeah, just, he's the fourteenth favorite to an MVP. Don't make this bet. Absolutely not. If you're even thinking about it, you're out of your mind. Okay. All right, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in complete agreement about that. I just can't believe there's somebody who's thinking about making the bet. And the one that you love, the one that you say, get there, however you got to get there, you got to do it, make this bet, what is it? Uh, I like this much better yesterday morning. Uh, the line has moved considerably, but I still think there's a little bit of value there. Um, right now, the Packers-Buccaneers game, the total sits at 41 and a half. Neither offense looks very good right now, and both defenses look pretty good. Packers games, uh, their totals have been 37 and 30. Buccaneers totals have been 22 and 30 in their games. Mike Evans is going to be suspended, which deals another blow to the, the Buccaneers deal, what's offense. What's the deal with him appealing that, by the way? Is there any. He's appealing it. it most people don't seem to think it's very likely. Okay. Um, he's, he, it's a repeat offender situation for him. And the fact, I mean, look, the video looks that he runs, you know, a third away across the field. Oh, I get it. Deal out of clothesline. I get it. Um, it. It seems unlikely. It's not impossible, but it, most people seem to think it's fairly unlikely that uh, that'll get overturned. Um, the total opened up, by the way, all the money's coming in on the under. The total opened up uh, 45 and a half, 46, depending on exactly when they uh, updated it. Obviously went down a little bit because of the suspension, but then just kept going down because more money kept pouring into it. I, I think this is just a situation where both offenses right now don't look good and both defenses do look good. I really do expect this to be a 2017-type game, so right. I'm pretty comfortable with All under 41 right. and a half. I hate, I, man, I don't know how I feel about your love bet being an under. Like, I just, I really don't know how I feel about that. All right, man, what's going on with Vison out in Vegas? Uh, as always, check out Vison. You can sign up for the Vison Pro subscription there. You can find all about that at vison.com that includes our top plays our daily tips all of our breakdowns for all of the games of course nfl and college football but so much more and of course uh, mlb coming right mlb playoffs coming right around the corner so you'll uh, want to check out all of that at vison.com at the aoster on twitter is how you follow him all right pal appreciate you we'll talk to you next tuesday all right hope everyone has their bets that's aaron oster from uh, vison checking in with us here on simply the bets and we come back in, we head to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel to talk to their GM, Leon Twyman. That's next, Simply the Bets. 
Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever is on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co hosts, Glenn and Rita. Where's Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at Pressbox online.com/bowser. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 20th at Skipjack's Crab Deck in Middle River. It's brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Grill and Maryland Vascular Specialists. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. And we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily cover of demos, ravens, and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at Maryland5star.us. The Maryland Lottery presents Ravens Greatest Plays. 2001, the big one. New York had just scored and momentum was on their side when the Ravens returned the ensuing kickoff 84 yards for the touchdown that cemented their first world championship. Another great Ravens play belongs to Beth of Riverdale. Beth played Ravens scratch-offs and won a chance to travel with the team to an away game. You could be next. Play Ravens scratch-offs with instant prizes up to $100,000 and please play responsibly. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. This is Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Thursday night football, Saturday college football, Sunday NFL football, Monday night football, whatever it is, 
There's nowhere better for you to watch and bet on all of the games than the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Reserve your spot for whatever night it is, whatever day it is, right now by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. Let's head to the FanDuel Sportsbook. Now that's where we find our guy, Leon Twyman, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. He's back with us here on Simply the Bets. Leon, what's going on, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Everything is all right, man. Uh, so I have to be honest with you. Every time I try to explain the free bet offer, I realize I'm probably screwing it up. So <laughs> I, I need you to run through it for me one more time so that I biblically understand it so that every time I talk about it, I don't just end up saying, you know what, just go to the window and ask. <laughs> <laughs> so the way the free bet works, you have to place a parlay. Any parlay, doesn't matter what it is, um, as long as the odds are at least plus 500, you will earn a um, $5 free bet for every $25 that you wager, but it caps it at $50. Okay. So let's let's go over this one more time. Any parlay that you put a, a bet in for, if the odds are plus 500 or more, you get a $5 free bet. Now you Correct. For every $25 that you wager. Right. So what you're saying when you say for every $25 that you wager, are you saying you can put in 10 $25 wagers and that caps you at $50 of free bet? Or is it $50 of the wagers that you put in, that's where you're capped? That's the part, I guess, maybe that I'm still missing. So so you're going to get capped in that one session. So if you place, um, you know, 250 bucks in that one session, it, it's going to cap you. So if you go to like, you can go to different kiosks, obviously, yep. and place a bunch of individual uh, $25 parlays, mm-hmm. and you can get as many of those $5 free bets as you want. The only downfall about it is that you cannot stack them because they, they have to be um, individual $5 bets when you do place those. Okay. So when you redeem them, when you, when you do redeem them, they have to be on a same game parlay to redeem them. And, and the odds have to be plus 500 as well. So let's let's make that sure we understand that. So you get your $5 free bet. You can make a $5 free bet. You can't use that to say, well, I want to put $50 on something else. Like, no, what you're being offered is a free $5 bet on a same-game parlay where the odds also have to be plus 500 or more. So the odds have to be plus Correct. 500 both ways. Plus 500 on the parlay that you bet originally in order to earn the free bet and then plus 500 on the same game parlay that you use the free bet on. Correct. Man, I think I got it now. And, and remind me, you have to, you can't use it the same day. You have to come back the next week in order to use it as well, correct? That is correct. So it is valid the following Monday um, for whatever week you earned it. So if you earn it anywhere between Monday and Sunday, you can use it that following Monday to Sunday. So again, if you want to go in this Sunday and put in your, you know, your $25 parlay bet, you can earn that free bet and then come back Monday night for the Cowboys Giants game and use that free bet on Monday nights. That is correct. Very good. That explains it. And then I'm going to screw it up again. I'm going to end up asking you the same question next Tuesday. But I think, <laughs> I think I've got it all under control. Um, all right. How was? How did this? This was a wild week, obviously in football. How did it go for the book? Uh, we did extremely well. Okay. Um, Who helped you the most? So, so uh, the Bengals. 
the Bengals helped us the most. You know, them losing, they that just so I'm looking right now. I, I was just dying to tell you this. So we had a bunch of large wagers totaling a hundred and one thousand dollars. Every single one of those lost because of the Bengals. Wow! Wow! These are all all five all five figure bets. My um, God! So. What's even more crazy is that $66,000 of that was one person, and he lost mm, all the bets. Mm, that is a tough day, man. That is a really tough day. I, I can't pretend like I'm surprised, though. They did seem to be the safest bet of the week with the Cowboys starting Cooper Rush. I know you're probably reveling. Um, <laughs> God, they win now. They won one game, so we're gonna get twelve more primetime games from the Cowboys this year. Jesus, um, <laughs> uh, it makes sense. I make. I imagine the smile on your face must have been like people could have probably seen it from from Dallas on Sunday. Oh, it, was, <laughs> it was great. It, it was just absolutely great. Loved every moment of it. <laughs> um, the the how like okay, so this is an interesting thing. I assume that most of the bets that come in, because we're local, I assume that you take a good amount of bets on the Ravens every week. But maybe you're going to tell me it's actually not the case at all and that you know, the people that come in to see you are more, they're not homers at all. I, I, It would just make sense to me that you guys would be feeling an awful lot of Ravens bets every week. Oh, yeah, definitely. We we take in a ton of Ravens bets. But I will say that this uh, this past weekend, Surprisingly, it was very close with Ravens and Dolphin betters. Ooh, that's interesting. That's really, really interesting. That's I don't, I don't know. I would have thought that would have been a good result for you guys, but you're telling me it was fairly even between the money that you had from the Ravens and the Dolphins. That's that is fascinating. No, I will tell you. I will tell you. This is also interesting, um, and people will love this because it's in reference to the free bets. So we had. <laughs> We had a ton of um, big parlay winners off of those free bets. Um, a lot of them were $5 or $10 parlays um, from the free bets, and they all hit taxable amounts. So wow, we had, I think our biggest winner was utilized the $10 free bet and won $8,000. Holy smokes. Holy. What is, by the way, what is the number at which it's taxable? Uh, three hundred to one or higher is when it hits the taxable. Three hundred to one, and then you got to get it. Wow, that is wild to me, man. Um, okay, so give me an example of what are people having success with, Leon? I know I'm, I'm asking you to give away secrets. I understand that, but <laughs> what are the bets that you've paid out the most so far in football season? Uh, it's, it's a lot of the uh, the same game parlays. Uh, a lot of prop bets. I mean, people with the anytime touchdowns yeah. from the same game parlays. It's just absolutely insane. So you're saying they go same game parlay on two different touchdown scores in the same game, and those are pan outs? Yes, that and you know picking the winner of the game or the spread or just the total with that as well. Um, also combining that with some of the uh, other player props from the game as far as uh, quarterback. Um, Yards and you know rushing yards, running backs. It's just it's all over the place. It's, it's crazy, but the same game parlays right now are just massive. Griffin, it actually just struck me that my week one parlay of Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson is anytime touchdown scores that that would have hit 
in week two if I had played that. Not that I'm mad about it in any way. I want to make that abundantly clear. Totally not mad. I bet if you just played it Damn every, it. if you played it every week, you might end up, you know, green by the end of the year. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a, it's worth, it's worth exploring. Yeah. It's worth exploring the possibility that that's the way that it worked. I did play Mark Andrews again in week two, but I did not parlay it with Lamar in week two, and that would have been so, a nice winner. What's crazy is that usually when I play, I always like to do um, Tyreek Hill. Anytime touchdown score and Lamar Jackson anytime touchdown score mm. and I might mm. put it a couple other things and I didn't bet that this week mm. and it happened I'm like I'm mm. on now way to go Leon way to go yeah you, you done screwed <laughs> up Leon Twyman with us he is the general manager of the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland um, Leon w- when you see something so I you guys didn't put the numbers up quite as quickly. But, for example, this week's Maryland-Michigan game in Vegas went up around 20 points and very quickly was pushed to 16. You guys have it right now at 16 and a half. What, do you, what goes through your mind when you see movement like that? Uh, <laughs> you know, honestly, to me, it makes me want to put money on them. Really? <laughs> Really? Yes, that's that's how I see it. Because you think so, somebody knows something, or yes, yeah. Usually, when you see that someone knows something is going to happen, that that's how I always look at it. It's really interesting to me because I'm I, maybe this is just me being the guy that's actually cared about Maryland football for a long time. I look at that and say this is this is a gift to me as a better. Maryland always loses this game. Like this is always the way that it works. <laughs> is that we get our hopes up and we believe something's happening here, and the moment we do. They end up, you know, dropping the ball and losing by five touchdowns, something like that. You like it is especially that it started in Vegas. Like maybe somebody knows something about an injured Michigan player that we don't know about. Something like that's what goes through your mind in those moments as to why the number might be moving and why you want to get on board with it. Correct. And you know, I also look at that. Um, I look at that spread versus uh, what that money line is. So, like, you know. If you look at some of these other games that are around the same amount, those money lines are a little higher. Mm. And then if you look at, let's say, for example, um, there, you'll see some games that may be also around like 17 or 18 points, and you're already hitting that money line at minus 1,000 or more. Wow. So that's another thing that I look at as well, and I'm like, uh, you know, they they – they're expecting something. They're nervous. They're nervous so. about paying out a Maryland uh, money line bet, is what you're saying. So exactly. So exactly. so so to talk, Maryland is they're they're sixteen and a half point dogs, but they're plus five seventy on the money line. So you you, yeah. you think that should be where? Uh, you know, if it was a different school, it would probably be at least plus seven hundred. Interesting, in my opinion. That's very interesting. Hmm. Uh, I'm still not bold enough to do it. I am still not. It's still Maryland football that we're talking about, Leon. Like, I still can't bring myself to make that bet, but it is mighty interesting. All right, sir, anything else we should know about that's going on in the sports book this week? Uh, so not for this week, but we're bringing in some more kiosks. Ooh. Ooh, you've already got 61 and you've got bet pads. My God. Yes. Yes, we are just absolutely destroying the market here in Maryland. We we need more. <laughs> okay, so, so wh- where where are they gonna? 
are you going to put them back? So I know you moved some t- kiosks in order to put them in the old bowling alley space. Correct. It, so they're going to go back to that space. Back to where they were originally. So you're going to add more kiosks back in the initial space. Correct. So, so right there in front of the, the sports book and sports and social. So where, how much, what's the, the grand total going to be when all this is said and done? Uh, so we were aiming for 10 more to get to 71, but we are going to just add additional six for now. So we'll be up there at uh, 60, 67 kiosks. Man, man, it seems like it's going to make it all that much. Cause I know you guys get mad for football season. I know the crowds are just insane. So that's why I keep reminding everybody, get there early, get there early, get your spot, get, put your money on your bet pad, get there. If you want to go hang out and watch football for the day on Saturday or Sunday, get there. What by 11 AM, uh, Leon, is that probably about the time? Yeah, that is, that is a good time to get here. 11 AM. Do that. Uh, hang out, enjoy some delicious food at sports and social and sit back and enjoy watching and betting on football throughout the day. Leon Twyman, uh, appreciate you, pal. Again, any any parlay bet of odds plus 500 or more, you make a $25 bet, you get $5 in free bet, but that's capped at $50, and you got to use it the following week, Monday to Sunday, on a same-game parlay of plus 500 odds or more. You got it. Ah, you got it. God, I can't. It's the first <laughs> test I've ever passed in my life. Leon, thank you, pal. We'll talk to you next week. All right. All right. Thank you. See Have you a buddy. good one. Leon Twyman, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and the Hotel. There's no way to turn that into like a like a jingle. Like make a, uh, make a, any parlay bet at odds of five. Like there's just no way that I can make that a jingle that will help me remind myself. That is entirely too much. Griffin, I'm going to, you know what? I've delegated. No, no, Mike is not here enough. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to delegate it to you. So you so want to tomorrow, write a jingle, a FanDuel no, no, jingle? No, no, not a jingle. I just want <laughs> you have to you have to memorize this right, so that tomorrow funny. when I'm doing the read for the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, I can say, and they're offering you some free bet. Griffin, tell everybody about it. Okay. All right? All right. That's the way it goes. Yep. I'll got a, uh, you got a tidbit for us? Yeah, I got a couple here. Okay. Um, so you know who uh, Reggie Gilliam is, right? He is the fullback for the Buffalo Bills. He uh, scored a touchdown last night. Yes, he did. He scored the I first his, touchdown. Oh, I bet those odds were lengthy. Yes, they were. It was uh, yeah, it was 100 to 1. Bills fan, noted Bills fan, Spencer Hyman. Uh, I just, I, you know, instead of saying, you know, someone, because I usually just say someone did a bet, that mm-hmm. I, I found out the guy's name. So Spencer put uh, $50 on this, 100 to 1 for Gilliam to, win, to score the first touchdown. Paid out 5000 He put $50 on it, paid out 5000 So, I, I mean, what 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 world? <laughs> I guess we should do How much did he, he, he put down? 50 $50. Yes. On one hundred, but like, let's be honest about on, that. On that, ten thousand, or yeah, that's plus not, ten thousand. Right, that's not really a lot of money, but it's still like I mean, money. It's, it's, like you still have to walk in and decide to yourself. I got fifty dollars. I could just what the hell throw it in that general direction. God, man, that is. So we should start doing, I guess, the Pat Ricard touchdown. Dude, for for a few years, it would have been really smart to do it with Pat Ricard because they seem to be throwing to him on every first down. Now, Josh Oliver quite, or, or the Nick insane. Boyle ones, whenever he comes well, back. If he plays, yes. Yeah. That would probably not have been a good week to have done that this week. No, yeah. Um, someone had a $257,000 parlay on the line. They put $5 on a 16-leg NFL parlay, and the first 14 legs of it hit. They had 12 
legs from the Sunday slate, and then they had they were so it was all like they oh, picked winners. Oh, is this the guy that cashed out? No, there was another oh, okay. guy that cashed out. Yeah, there was. Um, I feel like there was a college guy who cashed out. Yeah, yeah I think he could have won like a million dollars. Yeah, or something. but he cashed out and with two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, um, I get it, dude. I yeah. dude, I a lot of people giving him crap on Twitter. That whoever that guy was, right? We're like, bro, the other because like, seven dollars, dude. I think like, the other games. I think it did I hit. Think, yes, I, think I believe it. Hit. it. I believe it hit. But and, I mean, and like, bro, I don't. He's you, a quarter millionaire. You're telling me right now somebody's about to offer me two hundred fifty thousand dollars. It could be more if you wait it out. No, no, I thank you. <laughs> I remember once upon a time I was working at a Best Buy. This is years ago. I mean, this is like when I was 16 or 17 or something like that. And they would always do these like dumb corporate like morning meetings at the store. Like everybody gather together. We're going to get hyped for the day at Best Like we all, nobody wants to be there. Nobody's happy about working at a Best Buy. Like it's just what you have to do because, you know, either you can't get a better job or, you know, you're a kid, right? And like you're hungover. You're your life stinks right <laughs> so now there's there's super mis- mr manager who's probably done a ton of cocaine like my god think about the people that were manager types at a best buy they put me in that program by the way i wasn't doing cocaine for the record well I, wait how do you know they're doing cocaine I, feel like. I don't know that they're doing cocaine but you know the well, type. you know they're doing cocaine because you were doing it. no no you know the type you sound like someone who you under the person that is genuinely you also would meet managers that you know were not doing cocaine because they loathed and they would cancel these meetings they would be like you guys got work to do just go ahead we're not gonna do the meeting that day but there was always a manager or two that was working that was like super excited about morning meeting time like they they put everything into it and you're like you're definitely at cocaina is the reason why this is the case allegedly so there was one guy who i don't even remember what the lesson was that he was trying to teach about sales through this but he did a putting contest and he put a 20 dollar bill on the carpet and he said uh whoever gets closest to the 20 dollar bill it's their 20 dollar bill and i won the putting contest congratulations and then he said thank thank you i, I believe i deserve a bit Still of that on your resume some applause yeah. i think thank you right yeah when john colson says i've only ever won one thing <laughs> let, let's be fair i also won the best buy putting contest when i was 16 or whatever it was <laughs> so then the guy that requires real skill the like, guy yeah right the guy says how about we go double or nothing mm. as to whether or not i'll be closer and i said how about we don't <laughs> Because I was 16 and poor, and that was going to get me some Chipotle or whatever it was that I it was probably not Chipotle. Chipotle wasn't really a thing at that point. It was um, Chick fil A. Whatever it was that I was going to get out of that, that was what that was going to get me. And that guy did cocaine. So, like, he was a wild card, man. I don't know. He might have rigged the game. So, he was going to roll right on the $20 bill. I was like an inch away. So, I said, How about no? You go ahead and give me that $20. And everybody's like, and he's like, well, all right, I'll d- give it to you. But let's just see how I would have done. And he steps up and he, he misses badly. And everybody's like, oh, I bet you feel stupid. I'm like, I bet I don't. I have $20. <laughs> I didn't. This $20 bill was not in my wallet earlier. And now it is. So you know what I don't feel? Stupid. That's what I don't feel. And that's how I feel about the $250,000 guy. Like You can make fun of that dude all you want because he could have had a million dollars. You know what he's got that you don't? $250,000. Shut the F up. Well, this guy has nothing um, because because ah, <laughs> it, it was a similar it was a similar looking parlay. Cause, well, the other guy was college football, I think, and uh, this guy was NFL. Um, but yeah, so the first fourteen legs hit. It was all like over unders and and just outright winners, I think. Uh, so he hit it, hit it all, all his Sunday games, and then he hit the Bills Titans game, the first Monday night game, and then he had the Vikings to beat the Eagles, uh, which they did not. So this guy walked away with nothing. 
Um, and then I also found a tennis one for you, Glenn. I I mean, I don't think you'll would you would even know who these guys are. Alexander P- Petrov and Toby Boyer. So no, for some reason there there were odds available for them. It was last Wednesday at the M15 tournament in in Champaign, Illinois, and Petrov was a minus twenty thousand favorite. Somebody put two K on him, and he lost. Oh God! Against Toby Boyer, brutal. Um, yeah. So that, that's people are betting on. I, I think I looked it up. They were like the like t- one of them was like the twelve hundredth ranked tennis player in the world. The other one was like nineteen hundred. And uh, the nineteen hundred, the guy ranked nineteen hundred, beat the guy that was ranked twelve hundred, and uh, this guy lost two k. <laughs> it's uh, that is rough. That uh, is rough. <laughs> someone also, so someone used a hundred dollar, a hundred fifty dollar free bet on Devin Duvernay being the first touchdown scorer, scorer, um, and that was of all of the week two Sunday games. So the entire Sunday slate that was that was like a special available uh, on FanDuel, and so he made ten thousand five hundred dollars. My God, off a of free bet. My God, that Duvernay, must be nice. Duvernay returned that touchdown. That must be nice. That must be nice. All right. Um, yeah, those are. Those, I got. That, those are. That's good. it. Those um, are good. And then that's somebody enough. put five hundred dollars on the Thursday night football final score last between the Chargers and the Bold. Chiefs. I mean, it was a normalish score. Yeah. It wasn't like a. Um, it was plus. It was forty-eight to one. For yeah. It to be Chiefs twenty-seven, Chargers twenty-four. So he made twenty-four thousand dollars. Not bad. Yeah. Not. Someone bad. also put three hundred thirty-five thousand dollars on the Chargers plus four and a half. Which worked had, out. Yeah, it worked I out. Mean, but I mean, that is just well. They they should gutsy. probably offer to fillet Ju- Justin Herbert. I mean, at that point, with broken ribs, like going down. And, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, they. Let's be honest. Like, I, I, you had th- what three hundred thirty-five thousand dollars on it, and the guy with broken ribs went down to get you a cover and nothing more. <laughs> maybe it was Justin Herbert. No. Maybe it was. Maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe that's why he played to the broken <laughs> rib. God. All right, good stuff. Yes. Thanks to uh, Aaron. Thanks to Leon. Thanks to Griffin. We will, uh, no, no weekend at bookies this week. We will be back next Tuesday for the next Simply the Bets. May the odds be ever in your favor.